Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tony Dunn, and not to it, but to do it, brother, let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. What is up, Panther fans? You're back for another episode of the C3 Panthers podcast with the longest running Panthers podcast and the coolest folks. I guess, I don't know. I feel like I'm cool sometimes. Tonight, uh, we're not going to be talking about the coolest of cool teams, but maybe the worst of the worst in the league, according to the power rankings. Tonight's show is the great Carolina quarterback conundrum. And, uh, boy, 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 oh, boy, uh, PJ Walker with one pass for more than one yard last week, which is incredibly bad. Uh, the Panthers fall. They're one in five now in the season. They go into the only thing they lead is the race for CJ Stroud at this point or the number one draft pick. So, um, you know, we got all that to talk about, plus, um, stuff about Matt rule and I got to say, I hope you are one of us. O-O-U, because I know my boy Cody is O-O-U. How you doing, my friend? Oh, dude, I'm O-O-U if there ever was someone to be O-O-U. You know what I'm saying? And, dude, look, man, uh, Robbie Anderson is out the door. We finally traded him away. He was toxic to the Panthers locker room. Steve Wilkes couldn't have this dude start and fight with coaches. And, uh... Yeah, he is an Arizona Cardinal now. We'll break down that. We have a guest tonight, J.C. Allen from the Pewdie Report, joining us at 9.30. But Tony Dunn, you already know that we do this every Tuesday night with the very best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You already know them and love them. It's Alex, Max Pro, Chad Howell, Heels is Rule, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Josh, Lawrence Trevette, Matt Knows Nothing, Pad One Panther, Stephen Veach, Tim Estes, Underground West, Wide Big Jordan, and your bastard son, White Chocolate Espresso. Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Robbie Anderson is out. Uh, Matt Rule is out. Steve Wilkes is in, but headed out because, boy, He's not set up to win. And I tell you, this is that is the irony is that he is the Brian Flores CK 
mm-hmm. uh, right now is that he's about to get out no matter what. And the poor guy's in the lawsuit. It's got to be a tough situation for Steve Wilkes. How are we this bad, though, CK? How are we seriously right. this bad? You look at the talent of this team. They shouldn't just be, like, this bad. I, listen, I, I it's it's impossible to be able to justify this. Like, it really doesn't make sense at all. Um, th- when you look at roster, like, we started this year out, we really believe we had a shot, right? Wh- how does it get to this point? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, you can look at coaching and – uh, and, and certainly put that, but there's got to be just guys quitting on this team. Am I wrong? Well, I tell you this is I thought last year was bad. And uh, the Par- Panthers said, hold my beer. Right. Um, <laughs> I saw like there ought to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, so look, uh, you know who else is about to not be one of us? Christian McCaffrey. Greg. Oh. Ooh, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. Christian McCaffrey, right. people are starting to call around. Not the most direct direct interest, but one team has got an eye on him, and you think he could make a difference there. Will Christian McCaffrey be a Carolina Panther in November? If you had to ask my honest opinion right now, I think so. Okay. I, I really do. I think that. You know, you uh, you wanted us before with Matt Rule just to keep him and steer towards the t- towards the iceberg, and I think that we're still doing that, steering towards the iceberg without Matt Rule now, and I hate that for Steve Wilkes, but I think we're going to keep him because I think that we have a good shot at picking up the the talent we need next year, and uh, and they're going to want Christian McCaffrey around. Now, I'm still not opposed if we get the right offer to getting rid of him, even though I love Christian McCaffrey. But as far as it goes, I don't think that Carolina would do that. You know, is that uh, the Panthers said they want multiple firsts for Christian McCaffrey, which is like ludicrous. It's David Tepper. That's a thousand percent David Tepper telling Federer what he wants. Well, there's no way that would happen. You could take two twos for this guy right now at the end of the day and be probably come out, um, in a decent position. But I think like Greg's saying, and like my bastard son, white chocolate espresso says, is that this team is a quarterback, a quarterback and a coach away. And what's the best thing for a, um, a young quarterback is a safety blanket, like a Christian McCaffrey next year. And it's just strange to be honest, when we talk about how bad this team is, because the offensive line best we've seen in 10 years, um, like, I mean, I don't even know. Like, how do you, it's like how they're almost like trying to be bad at this point. It's embarrassing, man. This is one of the best Panthers O lines that I've seen maybe since 2015. I mean, they're, they're legit, a really good offensive line. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Kim and Kwanu later tonight too. Uh, and, and everything that, that that entails is looking incredible right now at left tackle. I tell you, you guys can be a part of the conversation by calling in at 252-228-1598. The support for the podcast has been immense in the last couple of weeks and months. Uh, we have 94,000 views last month in the, in the last 28 days for all the content we've been putting out. We've added 333 YouTube subscribers. I felt, I remember when trying to get to 4,000 felt like a, a, a mountain to climb and now people are just 
jumping on the C3 train, jumping in the car with us as we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. You can be a part of that by calling in at 252-228-5098 or even be considering becoming a C3 super fan. Uh, it's a small way that you could support the show with a small donation. Also, some people have been jumping on Patreon. I'm going to give you guys some shout-outs later in the show, uh, some some real-time supporters for the C3 Nation, and we're going to need to lock arms together as Panther fans. We've got to do – we do this each and every week, on-season, off-season, tough-season, worst-season. Hopefully, we'll get to see a good season one day, and maybe we'll get to see an awesome quarterback one day, too. Don't forget, the show is brought to you by Manscaped, right? And if you're going to get cut, like Robbie Anderson was going to get cut, you don't want to get cut where it counts. You want to avoid the nicks on the balls. Don't want those. And the best way to do that is with the best male grooming products uh, around. You can use this Lawnmower 4.0. You can use the Weed Whacker for your nose and your ears, right, to get rid of uh, those unseemly hairs, those unseemly hairs that Rob, Robbie Anderson seemingly has, we can take care of that for you. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Panthers. You get 20% off your order plus free shipping worldwide. You guys, Manscaped's a sponsor because you support us. Guys, we went out there. They gave us a quota in the first month of the season. If we hit this many people that ordered they would extend us through the rest of the season. I got news last week. We are sponsored through the end of the season with Manscaped. And you can help us by helping our, by supporting our sponsors. Use the promo code PANTHERS. Get 20% off. Get your balls cleaned and groomed. And feel up. great that you get free shipping in the process. Let's jump into the show, Cody. Um. And I think that is that those unseemly hairs right there, <laughs> those unseemly hairs. And then people are coming out and they go, "Oh, you guys, oh, it's a low hanging fruit to make fun of Robbie Anderson's hair." I didn't know. I didn't know that. Well, I should have known. There's a name for this hairstyle called wicks. Didn't know that. Like a candle wick. I didn't know that either. Um, um, anyway, guess what? Is sideshow Rob? You know, he's he's devastated, man. That was uh, that was, was his boy. guy. Yeah, you that liked was, him. Oh yeah, that was what I think. That's basically what his uh, his uh, channel, entire tagline is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what his thing was. But um, well, so, Robbie Anderson, yeah, go ahead, Tony. Check this out. This is what happens on Sunday. We talked about it on the show. A lot of calls came in on the post game show, uh, talking about Robbie Anderson and what uh, has been described as a temper tantrum by Jonathan Stewart. Gets in the face of a wide receivers coach. And, you know, to be honest, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? But right. you get in the face of a coach when you got a helmet on. They don't. The coach, arms folded, kept it together. A little bit of jawing after that that seemed to escalate things a little bit. They were hyping this up from the beginning. Not today, as, but the Panthers media, maybe not the team media, but people like Joe Person were highlighting that Robbie Anderson was sitting away from the offense by himself. You could clearly see that Robbie Anderson was not happy with his role. And some people would say that this was arguably something that had been festering before this game. And we know that his name, he's aware of conversations about him. He's active sure. on social media. Uh He's probably heard the noise of people wanting to trade him. He certainly struck back at fans for his criticism about his play last year. Then 
uh, struck at fans for the booing and the non-support and saying, look, those aren't real fans. So he's aware that, you know, he's kind of in this odd situation. Matt Rule gets out. They're automatically asking him about it. You know, so the spotlight's on Robbie. He knows there's a potential for a trade. And I think Robbie Anderson forced his way out on Sunday. He said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to make you guys trade me. After he was asked to go to the locker room like a mini Antonio Brown, the next day I woke up and, boy, they might as well have left left him in California. They <laughs> traded him uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I was unaware when I woke up that the trade, I thought this would have been a decent addition to the Cardinals regardless, but Hollywood Brown suffered a foot injury in that game, and he's been the only semblance of offense that that team's had as they've missed DeAndre Hopkins as well as A.J. Green with time. They just have, it's just been the Hollywood Brown show, and he gets hurt, and Robbie Anderson is traded for a sixth and a seventh round pick, not next year, the following two years. I mean, like down the road, and on top of that, this trade comes with $19 million in dead money. Ugh. Yeah. Robbie Anderson is 2-0 and versus the Panthers, bro. He is undefeated. He defeated them the offseason after his 1,000-yard season, 1,000-yard season getting a big over-bloated contract that has been really just postponed till to now. Like, now we're really paying it. We didn't even pay it last year. It feels like now we're paying it next year and the next year. So that's win number one for Robbie. And win number two was like, he's like, I want out of this mug, and I'm gone. And he got it. Robbie Anderson, he's not the most well-spoken person, but I think he might be smarter than we give him credit for. I mean, he's obviously doing something, right? Uh, I mean, listen, you know what this says to me? This says to me that the Panthers were so desperate to get this man out of the locker room that they essentially took a bag of potato chips to get him out of there, man. I mean, you already mentioned it. I mean, this is uh, a sixth round terrible. pick in 2024 and a seventh round pick in 2025. I think, especially after seeing what happened yesterday, it being such a public uh, display against the Panthers coaching staff, it incredibly decreased the value of Robbie Anderson as a player. So basically, whatever they thought they were going to get for Robbie Anderson, that went absolutely out the door. And they did whatever they had to do to get him out. Some people are saying that we fleeced the Arizona Cardinals because if, uh, you know, there was a uh, chance that the Panthers were going to cut him outright. Yeah. That if, well, if we weren't able to trade anything for him, we were just going to let it go or let him go. So I, I don't know, man. It's like, at this point, I'm just happy that he's out the door. I think that he was terrible for our locker room culture. He was the first one to throw every single quarterback that we had under the bus when he wasn't mm-hmm. getting enough touches, when he was getting underthrown and overthrown. He has a history of fighting with our coaches. And look, man, I can't speak to who he is off the field, but on the field for the Carolina Panthers, he was never a difference maker. He dropped a ton of passes, and frankly, he's replaceable. 100%, man. And, you know, 
honestly, he, we got we got a sixth and a seventh for him, and that's 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 more than I thought we were going to get. Remember, I, I said I didn't think he was worth a sixth round pick. How? And we, honestly, he was going to get cut. But here's the thing: Do you think this is Wilkes putting a stamp on the team, like just immediately letting people know he's not going to put up with this shit? And he picked the low hanging fruit. Like Robbie made the job easy for him. You know, he had to get, pick a guy to make an example out of, and Robbie's just like, "Here, I'll be that guy." I mean, do you think that's somewhat of what Wilkes is doing right here? Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure it has something to do with that, but I think it also has something to do with how he acted. And like the people that are defending Robbie, it's like, look, man, it, it, he might not have been wrong about his assessment of this football team, but still, man, and, you know, we'll get into Jonathan Stewart here in a minute and how how that whole reaction went down because now Robbie and Jonathan Stewart, who was just recently on our podcast. Now they're going back and forth with one another after what Jonathan said on the Believe in Panthers podcast. And I mean, but Jonathan hit the nail on the head. If you're going to ball your fist up and put your face mask in the face of another man, like, dude, there's a certain level, forget even football, forget football team. There's a certain level of respect man to man that you just have for someone especially someone that is a coach on the team that you're on. You just don't cross those boundaries, man. And right. he's done it before. I don't know. Um, I didn't realize that he had an issue with Joe Brady last year. I heard that that he had some sort of argument with Joe Brady. On top of that, um, you know, I here is the thing. It's like, I think this is not uh, Steve Wilkes putting his foot down. I think this is the Panthers getting fleeced, right? I mean, the Panthers are just once again foolish looking for paying Robbie Anderson a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and you can't get anything for him. If anything, you should have been trying to showcase – I won't say showcase him. Like, I don't know how this – I think this just expedited him getting out of Carolina. And that's why I think he did this. Like, I think he's the one that knew that this would – get him out of Carolina and somewhere faster than if they just sat around and maybe he was worried that they, if he sat around, they wouldn't do anything, but this is right. nothing. These are like the worst, like we got more for Kyle Allen. Yeah. I mean, than this. His, his numbers are, are pedestrian. I mean, it's really, yeah, insane. but I mean, you know, he's got, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe we think, maybe I think these guys are better than they are. You know, maybe that's my problem is thinking that he's worth more than a six round pick. Uh, By the way, he was to us. Just wanted to make sure I didn't miss this. Chad Morales with the dollar ninety nine super chat says, "J Stu is keep pounding. Robbie is the brand." (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, they even hinted that the Panthers are trying to get all of Matt Rule's guys out of the locker room. And it's a further commentary that there were Matt Rule's guys, guys that he had brought in that he liked a lot, that maybe the rest of the organization didn't. And you know, right. we all know that Matt Rule coached uh, Robbie Anderson at Temple. Uh, so uh, again, this was that that uh, nephewism, like our man Pat Coltrane says all the time. Uh, it, again, I think they had no choice but to get this man out of out of the uh, out of the locker room. And by the way, it's not really even an indictment on his talent. I mean, we have not had a, a a consistent quarterback for the past five years in Carolina. 
you know, maybe Kyler Murray is able to form a better kind of connection with him than any uh, quarterback has done for the Panthers thus far. I'm sure he can. But I've said before that deep receiver, the go-route receiver on the Carolina Panthers has been cursed ever since Cam Newton hurt that shoulder. Snake bitten. I want to highlight superfan Slim Pickens' comment. He says, y'all saying Robbie ain't OOU? One of us. We've got that later. Matt Rule. Uh, Jonathan Jones comes out with a, a story that somehow, and why can't we see the three-page document? That's what I just want to see is the full three-page document. They've only given us some clips. If anybody's got it, can you drop a link to the actual document? But Matt Rule and the brand, the Pepsi brand, born in the Carolinas, hardest working, greatest working team. We're going to come talk about that later. We've also got his OOU. This is, if you can't re- recite this mantra, you're not one of us, and that is the brand. But right now, the story of the day or the story of the week is Robbie Anderson being traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And then today, uh, Robbie Anderson is going after the podcast. Why can't he come after us? Why can't he even come after us, <laughs> man? Give me a plow, bro. Uh, I, do fries, think, man. I, I do think that the story that was slightly put out, or I guess the tweet that uh, Believe Network put out was – maybe a little misleading about the statement that Jonathan Stewart made. And Jonathan Stewart actually was very critical. It wasn't misleading, but in the exact quote that they said, he was like, he said, y'all young guys listen to me. Like he was talking to players about how they should be, not talking to Robbie, but talking to other players about like the appropriate behavior as pros and like how you do things. But uh, Jonathan Stewart and the Believe in Carolina and believe in Panthers podcast. Like we said, he came on last week and Jonathan Stewart brings you that very player perspective. The very, he's got the opposite. Well, I wouldn't say the opposite personality of Robbie as in, I don't think Robbie is like super amp when you talk about it too. He's like, you know, he's real, but like Jonathan Stewart's demeanor is 1000% different than Robbie Anderson's right. Is he's very cautious. He's very measured. He's not, uh, talking about things he doesn't understand or overly emotional on things. I don't feel like, I feel like he's very in lane, like down the fairway, but he had an issue with this. I think he's rooting for this team to get better. Um, I think that he hates to see the Carolina Panthers like this. And he probably knows that if you are going to turn this sucker around somehow and find any sense of success, is not behaving like this. So tell us about what happened. What is this? Jonathan Stewart goes on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, Cody, did, I mean, CK, did you catch the comments themselves? I watched it, but maybe you got a good memory of what he said. I mean, eventually, well, I have, you know, I have a clip if y'all want to play it. Yeah, play play the because I know it's not a very long clip. So yeah, let's we can we can do that. Then uh, this is Jonathan Stewart from the. Uh, Believe in Panthers podcast. Believe in Panthers podcast. See, the shut your mouth and play, what he was talking tantrum because he wasn't getting his way. Whatever that is, you're really showcasing to the entire world, the entire world, who you are when things don't go well, when things aren't going right. It's one thing if you're out there making catches and you're out there having 100-yard games and you're frustrated on the sideline that 
you aren't getting the ball in the moment in the game. That's not the case. So for the young guys, keep your mouth shut and play. Roll with the punches. That's part of the game. It's part of the growth. It's part of the opportunity for the growth. And when your time is when your time comes, you make the most of it. Now I understand the frustration and I can respect the frustration, but when you are on national television, you do not act like that. And so for the guys, so the, for the guys that are in that Panther receiver um, Panther receiver room, take this as a learning experience. You have a guy now that's at a head coach position that ain't with that. And none of these other coaches are either. Now, Robbie, I would like to hope, hope that you can see that the grace of God is on your career right now because the Cardinal situation. Yeah. Now, count your blessing because you would be out of a job right now. And that's what Jonathan Stewart had to say. And by the way, literally nothing unfair or or wrong about what he said at all in the slightest. He literally, I mean, everything was 100% right on par with it. And I'll, I'll say this much, because I think it's important that we, we put this into context too, right? Robbie has always, I know you wide receivers tend to get the diva, you know, moniker that goes along with them and whatnot. Well, Robbie Anderson has somewhat embraced that from early on in his career. He was playing with, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were playing him and Josh McCown uh, when he was on the Jets. He was he was kind of a breakout star that year. Like, and he that we were destroying their squad. Like, it was not even close to them beating us. And Robbie Anderson scored a touchdown. And the thing he goes to to the camera and says is, uh, "Vote me to the Pro Bowl. Vote me to the Pro Bowl." And I'm like, "Dude, you're down by 30 points." And a game that means something like let's have some like, I guess, realization about where you're at awareness. Because, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point in time and there was no awareness and and I, I know that this has been a frustrating situation. It's been a frustrating situation for every single player on that team. But to sit here and say that it's all right to do that. Like, I mean, the people that are defending this is hysterical. Like there's so many people that are like on Robbie Anderson's side here. And I'm just. How really, I haven't Robbie seen Anderson? that. I haven't really, but I haven't been looking today. Is that? Tell me about well, those people who are. A lot of people there. felt like Robbie got a wrong. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name any names, but we we're in a group chat with a few of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody like any, any anybody who's played the game that's broadcasting that I that I listen to on any kind of sports show, any kind of network hasn't gone through any defense toward Robbie Anderson. They've all pretty much felt the same way that Jonathan Stewart has. No, Maybe no, it's just I, I mean, I'm mainly to. friends. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I I get that. I'm just saying, as far as media goes, I haven't heard a lot of people that I would put validity behind what they say, or at least you know trust in their judgment. I haven't heard them defending Robbie Anderson. Right. Like I said, may, maybe on like Cody said what you're frustrated about is understandable and you, you may not be wrong in the situation, but it's the manner in which you act. I think everybody could be on this offense, could be frustrated, you 100%. know, like who cares? 100%. It's like, we weren't going to throw it to you anyway. It was third down. We hadn't thrown the ball more than a yard, right? Like why you even want to be out there on the field uh, for that? I wanted to, God, I can't find it. Speaking of the aware, awareness, there's a picture that I saw today uh, or yesterday, where Robbie Anderson were down thirty-two to three, or something like that, against the Bucks, 
and there's like one minute left or, you know, I mean, it's like the game is just a, a route, you know, and Robbie Anderson makes a catch and then celebrates the first day. <laughs> like, woo! And everybody's like, dude, <laughs> we're getting killed. World, but I man. think everybody is frustrated on this. Now, as we come into this and continue to discuss it, if we look at this is let's just look at. So Jonathan Stewart makes these comments on the believe in uh Panthers podcast. Now, I wish I would have known this. I was looking for these comments all day. I couldn't find them. And then go, somebody goes, I think it's on IG, dude. And I don't use IG Instagram a lot. But so I can see if I can see. He says, uh, so Robbie Anderson jumps on the thread and says to, and talking to Jonathan Stewart, you lame as fuck for this and don't even know the ins and the out. I could respect you if you pulled up and said this to me direct but you jump on a podcast to use my name to get some traction that shit lame a f- as fuck homie now i got an issue with this is like that's the whole point of podcasting you know it's like no it's not it's <laughs> yeah, like really. he's not your mentor he's not your friend you know like actually it'd be weird if jonathan stewart came up to your house and knocked on the door and was like, Hey Robbie, I really want to talk to you about like, I'm a, I'm a black right. man that cares about other black men and their success or whatever. Like, I mean, he's like, God, what you like, how would he react to that? That's the whole point of the damn news. That's the whole point. Like, it's like, Oh, Oh man. I imagine if he said uh, to Shannon sharp, I wish you wouldn't have talked about, you should have just come and t- talk to me in my face. No, that's what we do right now. Number one. And you, the only reason that you get paid $28 million is because people talk about y'all and we watch and we buy shit. So like, to me, I thought that was weird. He goes on and I mean, he's like making it a respect things like, mm-hmm. G, you know, G up says, uh, you ain't finna try and paint me like that. I'm the issue. Like I'm the issue. I can't throw the ball to myself or call the plays. I did what I could since day one. Don't speak on me. No more. What is that last part? Jit? Jit. It's like a legit. It's a, it, it's a South Florida thing, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I love yeah. like one interview the other day, and he spoke about how much, he, how well he articulates like that himself, and like how he spells. Okay. All right, man. We got some cool stuff. We'll still we got more talk to to get into this, but we've got uh, some due diligence to do. Who's our guest? J.C. Allen. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, J.C. Allen should be on here soon. Pewter Report, come on and help us figure out what's going on with the, uh, with oh, the, the Bucks. Devil. Look, he's speaking of the devil, he's like here, but shoot. we've yeah. got a little work to do. Co- uh, CK, uh, new member to the C3 Superfan, and they can, other people can be as cool as Will Horsley uh, by hitting that join button and supporting the podcast as we grow in this incredible rate as the Panthers circle the toilet. Let them have it, CK. Will Horsley, I have one thing to say to you as you have joined an elite group of human beings. You've hit that join button. You've become a C3 super fan. And for that, I want to say welcome to the club. Thank you for the support. Appreciate you, Will Horsley. Now, let's bring in our guest. He is a writer for the Pewter Report. He is here tonight to help us um, uncover this Tampa Bay-Carolina game, the ins and the outs of it, what we can expect. It's J.C. Allen. J.C., how are you, sir? I'm doing well, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to chop up a little uh, Carolina Panthers Bucks talk. Both of these teams kind of uh, struggling as of late, so uh, it should be an interesting matchup. 
All right, let's get right to it. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or <laughs> sorry, we're already like, that's where we're at. Uh, okay, uh, no, what is this? This is week seven, guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, wow. Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we Hard thought the Carolina Panthers were going to have some uh, some fight in them this year. Maybe that Baker Mayfield bring a little tenacity and grit, and that's it's just been the opposite of that. Uh, so we're sitting here at one and five already at this point saying crash into those rocks over there we don't really have a choice at this point but the bucks have not had an easy season to this part yet or to this point yet uh tom brady continues to be a focal point of what the heck is going on with him he dominates the conversation goes to robert Kraft's wedding in the middle of the week and also uh just really the real story is not tom brady and his commitment probably to the bucks but Julio Jones has made a glass. One play gets hurt. Everybody's hurt on that team. But you guys have done, been here before and turned it around. So how how bad is it for the Bucks, or is this uh, just something you guys are battling through? I think it's just something they're battling through. You know, you look at Julio Jones. Yeah, he's, he's dealing with an, yet another injury. But uh, this isn't an injury that he's suffered like the past ones. You know, most of these were where soft tissue hamstring injuries. This one is where he actually put his body on the line, diving for a catch and, and partially tore that PCL. So, you know, the Bucks probably should have, maybe could have put him on uh, short-term IR and then brought him back once he was feeling healthy. But I think part of the reason why they didn't is because, you know, it, depending on injuries stacking up at that position, he probably could go, but it's best to keep him out as long as you can, as long as you don't need him, let him be, I mean, the Bucks, even though they're dealing with some struggles, they're still playing for that December, November football. They're not playing um, for, you know, this week uh, necessarily as much as they are, uh, you know, for down the line and potentially in the playoffs. So, um, but I think there's a lot of things that are correctable. Um, a lot of coaching mistakes that are correctable. A lot of execution errors. A lot of, uh, I, I mentioned this all last week, and I thought the Steelers game for them was a perfect game to get get right was with technique and fundamentals it just seems like they're not playing uh with good communication with good technique and just basic football fundamentals that they should know how to play with because they've been doing it the last two years so um i don't think you know tom going you know to craft's wedding i mean look at what the pats uh the pats did and half the team was there uh this past week so i mean i don't think that's a i think that's just a scapegoat because of his enormous personality uh, you know, even Coach Bull said there's a lot of players who get time off, get days off that we don't know about because they're not Tom's level. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily playing in. I mean, this guy is a master at car, um, compartmentalizing. He played when, you know, w when his mom was dealing with cancer he and won a Super Bowl. He played w when his dad was uh, hospitalized with COVID and won a Super Bowl. So it, anything that's speculated off off the field, I don't think is, is, is really um, that much of a a huge deal going on behind the scenes. I just think they're not playing sound football and that's something they need to get back to. And I think, you know, I, I thought last week was, but I think this week also provides another chance to potentially get back uh, into the swing of things and, and start the turnaround. So your team is three and three right now, correct? That's where you guys are sitting in the division. Correct. Yeah. Well, so, in the conference uh, in the division, they're two and oh. Right, 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 but just, I mean, your record overall, you're yeah, three correct, three. Correct. what would you say is the difference? I mean, I know it's still early. There's a lot of football left to be played, but what would you say is the difference between 
that team that went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl versus this team right now. What are your major concerns playing on this Tampa Bay team? And, you know, is it more offensive and defensive? And where are those problems stemming from, you think? I think the biggest thing right now is offensive line. Uh, you know, you've had three guys up and up and leaving free agency uh, in, or retirement or or get injured. You're looking at uh, obviously Ali Marpet retired after making his first overdue pro pro bowl. Uh, Ryan Jensen gets injured on the second day of, of training camp. And then Alex Kappa left for the Bengals. Now he hasn't looked good for the Bengals at all. Um, and they got in Shaq Mason, who's looked pretty dang good. Um, but you're starting every guy on that offensive line is, is starting next to somebody new. And building that chemistry, building that camaraderie, uh, building that, it, it takes time. It takes reps to, to know what the other guy's going to do next to you without having to communicate it. We're just thinking, okay, on this look, he's going to do this. And without and, and just to play smooth and, and uh, able to just go out there and execute at a high level. They're also starting a, a second-round rookie left guard, and Luke Gedeke, who's had some real struggles going up against some of the best defensive linemen. <laughs> In the in the in the league so far, you know he's had no shortage of between Kenny Clark, Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett, Cam Hayward. Uh, it, he's been piled on, and it doesn't get any easier with Derek Brown this week. Uh, so I mean that's been a, a real problem. Um, you know pressure is getting to Tom, and he's not. You know he's still he's got the fastest release in the NFL, which has probably saved a, a, at least a handful of sacks, if not more. Um, but the fact that teams know that they're going to be able to get pressure on him, they're playing more off coverage. They're leaving him checkdowns, which is why Leonard Fournette is, is one of the best. Uh, I, I think he's actually leading the team right now in receptions um, as, as a running back. He is uh, leading the team in receptions right now because they're allowing those checkdowns because they know that Tom's not going to have enough time to, to hit those deep balls, which is why they're covering, you know, double covering Mike Evans, etc. cetera. So uh, there, there's definitely an issue there. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue on the offense on defense. It's, they are getting away from their bread and butter. I mean, stopping the run is what the Bucks are known for over the last three, four years. And so far, they've been uh, not good at it, just to put quite frankly, uh, whether it's up the middle, whether it's, you know, quarterback containment issues, um, they've, they've struggled. And until they get back into that, and then obviously injuries, you know, uh, you know, injuries on the offense with wide receivers being in and out, Mike, Mike Evans being suspended, uh, you know, Cam Brate in and out with injuries, concussions, and neck now dealing with a neck injury. Uh, Keem Hicks, you know, with a foot injury was out, is still out for a while, might make his re return this week. Now Logan Ryan's having surgery and going on into reserve. And really what that – Part of the reason that made that Bucks team so dominant in those those first couple of games was because of that safety room. Having Logan Ryan, Mike Edwards, and, and Antoine Winfield Jr. in that ba defensive backfield allowed them to do so many different schematic things because all three of those guys' players could play nickel, strong, or free safety. So it, it allows them to disguise so many different coverages. Now with a guy like Keanu Neal out there, um, you know he's more of that – pure strong safety. You're not going to ask him to do a lot in coverage. You're not going to put him in a nickel situation. So there, there's that issue where they've lost some of that versatility on the back end. And now it looks like they're probably going to have to promote a guy like Nolan Turner. Uh, they, they're trying out D Delaney, who's a cornerback there. He played uh, free safety all last week against the Steelers and had some ups and downs, but that's probably, you know, that's one of the biggest issues that, that have uh, ha has occurred with the the injuries that have, that have popped up, and, and it's not letting them play the ball that they were playing earlier on in the season, and it's helped with their struggles. Yeah. Uh, so first, let me uh, let me go ahead and say thank you to Michael Davis again, our, one of our patron saints. 
uh, on the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, he donated $20. He said, hey, Tony, have a Miller light on me. You guys have been killing it lately. Keep it up. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, JC, if you would. Um, one of the things that I think that the Bucks always tend to win on has been free agency. I think this year we could probably say it's got to be the first time that the free agency that the Bucks have had turns out to be really bad, right? Uh, we, you guys go and get Kyle Rudolph. Um, that, you know, unfortunately, he can't even get on the field. You, you get, uh, obviously, you have a lot of issues because you, you lose one of the best guards, or yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess best guards in the in the league by you know the free agency. A few injuries get a couple of them out of the out of the way as well. Um, Right now, what is the upside you see to the Bucks team outside of having Tom Brady and 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 maybe one of the most explosive receiving cores in the league? You know, I think you know uh, the free agent class I, has got this big asterisk neck and question mark next to it because of the injuries. I mean, you look at Akeem Hicks already out injured, and we know he had some health issues in the past. Uh, Julio Jones, we know about his health issues, but already out with a torn, you know, partially torn PCL. You look at Russell Gage, who looked phenomenal in training camp, um, and, and even some of the the guys on the team, Mike Edwards, saying he's running routes that are uncoverable. Uh, looked really good in training camp, pulled his hammy. Then he's been battling through a litany of injuries: ankle, back, hamstring injury, still lingering. So I mean, and then obviously now Logan Ryan's out with a foot injury. So. Injuries have not been kind. Kyle Rudolph just got outplayed straight, straight as it is. You know, he's he's been uh, slowly reg regressing over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think they brought him in just to make sure that they had that veteran depth, but always hoped that he would have been beat out by a guy like Kate Otten, who they really liked and got in the fourth round. And, and he's been spectacular. Co'Keefe has been finding a role as a fullback, hybrid, tight end, H-back type role. Uh, so they utilize him. Plus, he's really good on special teams. And Rudolph doesn't play special teams. So, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say Rudolph was a miss because he wasn't. He was more of like a, a late addition. Uh, let's bring him in, you know, during camp and, and see what he can do. Um, so I, I think injuries has been the biggest obstacle for this um, th this free agent group. But, you know, if you want to look to where this strength is besides Brady, obviously, and besides um, the, the wide receiving core, I still think they have a good, solid group of outside li linebackers. I mean, you start on the outside with Joe Trinshrinko, who had one of his better games now, coming in, really coming into his own in his second year as a full-time starter, had his best game against the Falcons, had a better game last week, even though he didn't get a sack. Uh, Shaq Barrett is still doing causing some mayhem, and, and on that sack that Antoine Winfield Jr. had, he was actually there first. Um, I, I think they're still really good in the middle, even though Devin White's been playing with some uh, ups and downs, some some lapses in judgment, especially in coverage. Um, but, you know, he's still one of the best, most dynamic blitzers, and he's a sideline to sideline player with that speed. And Levante David, I mean, you guys know Levante David, Luke Keekley have always been back and forth uh, and who's better. Um, and they both have very comparable stats. He's just, I think Luke Keekley just got more recognition, but he's still one of the, the best coverage linebackers, off ball linebackers in the game. And I think Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, has been really, really dominant. He's probably the best safety in the game right now, if not definitely top three. And then look no further than the, the outside, the, the cornerbacks as well. Carlton Davis can shut down receivers. He's been doing it all year. And, and surprisingly, Jamel Dean has taken a huge step. He's one of the, 
the top five ranked corners in the league this year. Um, you know, teams are, aren't even testing him. I was talking to him in the locker room last week. He's like, I wish I'd get more than two targets a game uh, because he's just playing lockdown coverage. And even when he was targeted against the Steelers, he was there for the quick tackle um, and it wasn't giving up any extra yards. So I, I think, you know, they still have some really strong points on the, on the defensive side. Offensive side, obviously, um, you know, the offensive line is is a mess. I think the tight end situation will work itself out. And I think they still have a good running back in Leonard Fournette, who's who's improved as a pass blocker. He can still churn out some of those tough yards. Um, I think a lot of his production so far has been based on play calling, uh, which I'm sure you you guys will see on first down. Look for Byron Leftwich to call multiple runs. Your defense to know it's coming and for them to stop it. It's just what's happened so far this year. And it's a big contention against, uh, you know, media fans alike with, with the the in it, uninspiring play calling. So I think they still have some really solid pieces to build around, but there's some question marks on defensive line, obviously now safety with the injuries and the offensive uh, offensive line as well. JT, that was actually a question I wanted to ask you right there was about game plan. You kind of led to it there with Leonard Fournette. I actually, he's my fantasy running back in both my uh, my fantasy leagues this year, so I've paid a little more attention to him. And he seems like he's been kind of a workhorse for you guys. And based on Brady not throwing the ball as well or really not having the success in the past game, do you guys look at that as being more of a running attack that maybe – or more of a game plan you guys will have in the future going forward until Brady picks things up? Or coming into Carolina, at least, based on our run defense – do you think you're going to see a lot of heavy Leonard Fournette based on your opinion with this? Uh, gosh, I hope not. You know, and that's nothing against Lenny. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm tight with Lenny and I want him to get all the yards in the world for, for himself. But at the same time, I think they really need to go back to what this team's bread and butter is before this season. They, they preach balance, balance, balance. We want to be balanced. We want to be a multiple team. We don't want to be just known as, as a pass first team. And, you know, that's what you're good at. You've got Tom Brady. You've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, you, you've got these guys who What's are Godwin's story right now. Is he still, is he just dealing with injury or is he, I mean, he was playing last week, right? Yeah. He, no, he's fine. He's a hundred percent right now. Um, Tom missed him on a few throws with the pressure getting there. He made a, a spectacular catch uh, where Brady just fitted into a pea size hole. I don't even, I watched the play over and over. I still don't know how that was a completion. Just go on Twitter. You'll find the play. Uh, just put like Chris Scott, Brady to Godwin, Unreal Pittsburgh, and it'll pop up. Uh, but, I mean, he's fine. But I think, you know, with Lenny, they've been utilizing him. And, and kind of because they haven't been able to get the run game going, they've been utilizing him in that short yardage Um that short yard situation as, as quick ditch, quick hits out of the flat and utilizing that quick passing, short passing game as an extension of the run game. Something that Brady did for a while there up in New England with James White and you know Danny Woodhead and Kevin Falk and the names go on and on. Shane Vereen. Um, and, and they've been you know, that's why he's leading the team right now in, in receptions. And he was finished third in the third last year on the team in receptions. So they're utilizing him that way. But realistically, that's not exactly how they want to just utilize him. They want to be able to get him, get the guys, the ball down the field. They want to utilize him in the running game. It just hasn't transpired. And part of that is, is because of the O-line play. Now, now not all the O-line, obviously, you know, Christian Wirfs is an absolute stud. He's probably the best right tackle in the league at this point over Ryan Ramshack. 
Um, and, and Shaq Mason's been incredible. You know, he's been really good. And even though, you know, Hainsey's just making his, he'll be making his seventh start, Robert Hainsey, their center, taking over for Ryan Jensen. He's, he's been playing really well as well. Um, it's been that left side and not so much Donovan Smith because he's only on a second game back, but really the, the rookie, Luke Gedeke. And teams are taking advantage of that. Expect a lot of Derek Brown over him, uh, a lot of mismatches to get, to get, uh, Brown on top of him to kind of create uh, pressure in certain situations. Everybody who's everybody knows the, way, the best way to get to Brady and disrupt the passing game is to get up the middle. And so far, Luke Gedeke has been a turnstile for the most part. Now, he settled down later in the games, but at that point, damage is already done. Brady thinks that Brady knows the pressure is coming or feels the pressure coming or thinks the pressure is coming. He's having trouble going through all of his reads um, and progressions, which is why the check down is such a – why you're seeing the check down so quick and often yeah. he's, he's not there they're not allowing plays to develop down the field and whether it's it's actually happening or brady feels it happening or thinks it's happening that that's been an issue um but he's also again he's a rookie he's making his his debut in the nfl he played at central michigan which is the mac conference he's going from right tackle to, to left guard so position change and also, you know, just making that switch from the right side to the left side is a completely different body metrics. So the, the Bucks are doubling down saying, you know, he's had some issues with some of the best run defenses uh, and, and defensive tackles in, in the league. And they're going to stick with him until he gets better. But I don't know how much further they can actually stick with him because he's been a liability, quite honestly. So, JC, you have to push back against you a little bit. I believe that Luke Kixley was the best Mike linebacker of his generation. And number yeah. two, whoever number two is, isn't even close. But one of the reasons why I have to do that, JC, is because hanging on to the Panther legends of yesteryear, that's almost all we have right now, man. <laughs> the, the, the Panthers are on the fast track to having the number one pick in the draft. We're talking about, are we going to draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? I mean, this this offense is absolutely inept right now. And we don't even know who our starting quarterback is going into this Sunday, JC. I can't tell you if it's going to be Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or PJ Walker or right. Jacob Eason, who was elevated off the practice squad. So, I mean, for us, for many Panther fans, it's looking like this is going to be another loss at home for the Panthers. But what matchups are you interested in when you look at this Carolina Panthers team? And is there any area where we might be able to exploit Tampa Bay's defense? Yeah, I mean, so right now, the only thing I'm looking at is your playmaker, your your go-to guy, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think uh, when you look at when you look at that matchup, he's most likely going to be drawing guys like Devin White and Levante David. And uh, I think David can definitely, um, you know, get after. He, he's great in coverage, and, and he's, he's obviously he's got the smarts to be able to um, recognize plays and, and, and make the move. I think White is where you kind of struggle. You saw him last week, you know, kind of it was his responsibility to cover Najee Harris, left him wide open in the flat for an easy touchdown. Um, so I think you, they can use Christian McCaffrey in a variety of ways. If this run defense can't get, can't stop the run early, then you know maybe you're looking at him being utilized as a running back as as much as he is as a wide receiver. Um, and then the other the other spot as well um, is, is definitely going to be Derek Brown on um, Luke Gedeke. I, I think that's another spot where you can definitely have that mismatch and 
and you know create some different looks and, and to con- try to confuse him and, and get pressure on him. Uh, the, the past defense has been pretty well. It's the only saving grace, I will say, probably for this Panthers team. You look at it, it it's and, and it's not like it's been great. It's been middle of the pack. Uh, you know, you guys rank 17th in the league right now in pass defense. Everything else is in the 20s, whether it's in the high 20s or low 20s. Uh, you know, total offense is is, is dead last. Um, so it's going to be difficult, um, I, I even especially if it's P.J. Walker. But you know what? I can't even say that because Kenny Pickett was torching, torching this Bucks team, and then Mitch Trubisky came in. So any given Sunday, this could happen. But I think the Bucks are going to look – watch that game back and said, this can't happen. This can't happen. And it can't happen again. And it can't happen against the banged up quarterback in Baker or a guy who should be, who's now going to be a career backup potentially out of league and and Sam Darnold or, or PJ Walker, who is just in the, what was he in the UFL or XFL two years ago? You know, like, yeah, yeah, like they, they, it can't happen. So I think they'll be able to shut him down, but if anywhere you're going to get after him on offense, it's going to be utilizing Matchups like Christian McCaffrey on Devin White for sure, and and then on defense it's Derek Brown over over Luke Gedicki and trying to get pressure up the middle on Tom that way. The little pushback I will give you on Levante David is Luke Keekley was playing on a team where he you know they made the Super Bowl they were in the playoffs. The Bucks team sucked. <laughs> they they did they did not. And and I'm I'm not a Bucks whoa, fan. Whoa 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 whoa. We weren't good in 2012 when he joined. Uh, 2012 when he joined the team. Like right. you guys have won a Super Bowl. Let's not act like it's just been. Well, well, he's just Levante Davis is just starting to get his due now. Like he's starting to get that national record. But you look at his stats and his numbers, and they match up good with with Wagner and Keekley and some some spots they're better than him so obviously everyone's going to have their their own opinions on that i was just talking to a bunch of people about the top five wide receivers you know i think the top four are set with with to rice moss and uh calvin calvin johnson but that fifth spot everyone's got someone different there some people have a b some people have you didn't put uh, jerry rice in there yeah i said rice okay all right calvin johnson um but I mean, some people have AB, some people have Fitz, some people have Marvin Harrison. So I mean, I think that that debate between who's the best linebacker in those in those years out of that draft class, at least, is there's uh, there's a lot of. Mm. All right, we'll let you uh, get off of that subject and onto a different one, maybe a little bit more dicey. Is it's still Luke. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> is, um, I'm not a Panthers pot. I'm not going to convince you guys. <laughs> yeah, man, not. come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is Tom Brady, Kevin Lomax, a la Keanu Reeves and the Devil Advocate? And did he go visit the devil in New England this past week? How is it that Tom Brady, at whatever age he is, 45 years old, there's all this conversation swirling about like he don't even want to play football right now. It seems like he's comparing uh, time in the NFL to being deployed. He is... um, Getting a lot of comfort. Even Greg said he was like, oh, he's not having a great year or something like that. And, and you look at this, and Tom Brady's fifth in passing uh, in the league with 1,650 yards. Uh, he has a 67.2 completion rate. He has eight touchdowns and one interception. Uh, he's been sacked a little bit more than usual at nine times already. But at the same time is that if this is bad, Tom Brady, I don't want to see good Tom Brady. <laughs> Is he really struck a deal with the devil? Is that what he's going to do on these like little jaunts? Is he's running the devil's errands at this point? 
<laughs> no, no, I don't think so at all. Um, you know, I think with, with Brady, it, it's everything with Brady does is going to be blown out of proportion. Remember, Brady's Michael Jordan. Brady's Wayne Gretzky. Brady is not just he's not just the best athlete in his sport of all time. He's also a public figure that is in commercials, that is a household name that everybody knows Tom Brady. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, if you mention the name Tom Brady, people are going to know who he is. So there's so much more right. coverage. And and national media, for the most part, is garbage. You know, most of it, you know, if you watch any of those syndicated shows, it's all clickbait stuff. They're trying to get headlines. They're trying to get people to, to view and, and those back and forth discussions that some of these people have. Are just they don't they're not there every day they're not in the building they don't see what's going really going on so I don't think any of that like I said any of that off the field stuff has anything to do with anything I think Brady just has developed a routine with him and Alex Guerrero where he knows how to take care of his body he knows how to train his body he knows how to recover with his um, you know the best steps for recovery and that's what's led him to have such a prolific and long career I mean you mentioned some of the some of the stats. Um, that he's currently sitting at and some other ones he's 10th in epa he's ninth in epa plus cpoe um seventh in pff passing grade he's tied for second in big time throws with 12 12th in btt rate first in twp rate like he's still doing a lot of things and while his numbers are down you know the those big throws you know he's only got a big throw rate of, of 4.8 um you know it it's down all over the place everyone this year is down to 4.9 um, like it's just the big plays aren't happening as much this year. And it's not just Brady. It's a, it's a bunch of other, other, you know, quarterbacks and, and offenses around the league that just aren't hitting their stride as well. So, you know, I, I think, like I said, I don't think this, this offense is by any means dead in the water, dead to rights. And this is what you're getting. I think they're going to be able to turn it around. They usually play their best ball, uh, in November, late November, early into December into the playoffs. Um, when when they're healthy, I mean, last year I think you look at that game against the Rams. You know, if if, if they have different players available, you know, if Chris Godwin's there, if AB doesn't go topless a couple of games prior, if Trisha Wirfs is in at right tackle, I think you're looking at a different outcome. The Bucks are now hosting the 49ers in in Tampa Bay, and then you know if they win that, they're playing the Bengals, and and I think that those two games are definitely winnable. And maybe you're talking about back to back Super Bowl champions. So injuries are going to play a huge part in that, as they always do. For every team and every team goes through them so that's no excuse but i just don't think this early season you know right. struggles that we've seen from the bucks and remember you know besides that chiefs game which they came back and and, and nearly notched it back up they only lost by 10 points they only lost by two points to the packers and they only lost two points to the steelers now granted they should have beat that steelers team for sure by a bazillion the Packers game, you know, Mike Mike Evans was out. He was he was suspended. And if, if they got Mike Evans, I think that's a different game. But, you know, part of the problem has been slow starts on both offense and defense. And they need to turn that around. They need to turn it around quick. And then on offense, especially play calling needs to change. Tom Brady is famously known for the tuck rule that uh, everybody says they treat Tom Brady differently. Uh, look, he's had rules made for him. Will there be a rule uh, made this offseason to review – uh, roughing the passer penalties because the Atlanta Falcons, who were kind of getting were getting stomped uh, by you guys, that felt like early on in that game, twenty one nothing or something like that. Make this make it a game at twenty one fourteen. I feel like get to Tom Brady on a big play, and there's a roughing the passer call uh, for what ultimately everybody made fun of uh, for the next two days as not as just being the Tom Brady effect. 
some people tried to justify where the ref was at and his angle and some different things like that. But some people are saying that we should, uh, that the NFL should be able to review roughing the passer calls. Do you think uh, that play will lead to that discussion? No, no. And it's certainly not just that play. You look at the very next night, Chris Jones got called for it. Uh, you look at this weekend, there was some questionable calls for it as well, including in last night's game. It's it's completely, the NFL is trying to, listen, we all know about it. You just talked to me about fantasy. This is a fantasy football-driven league right now. It is bringing in hundreds of dollars. This is a gambling league right now. It is bringing millions and hundreds of dollars to the NFL. It's bringing notoriety. It's getting more fans. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to protect offensive skill players. My vote is everyone normalize IDPs in your, in your fantasy leagues. Normalize IDPs instead of defenses. And that way, they're going to protect the defensive players too because you need them for fantasy points. So normalize. IDPs and fantasy. Um, but I think if you look at it and, and specifically, you know, I hear this all the time. Oh, Brady gets all oh, Brady gets all the calls. Brady gets all Brady's 16th in the league. He hasn't had a rough in the passer call since 2020. And before that, it was like 29th. Like he does not get roughing the passer calls as much as a lot of people think he does. He ranks 16th since 2020 in roughing the passer penalty since 2010. Uh Roughing the passer penalties is called on 2.1% of the times Brady's been sacked. It's How many not- sweep the leg penalties does he get? Yeah, I mean, come hey. on. <laughs> you know, take the shots, take the shots. But I'm just saying, like, it's a common misconception because it's Brady. It gets so much notoriety and so much attention. And I think I'm, I'm with you guys. I think that call was bogus. Um, I think the call against uh, Chris Jones was bogus. I think the call last night. In that in that Broncos game was bogus, but that's the that's what we're trending to. That is, you know, that's what we're trending to is is Pro Bowl type level play when it comes to the quarterbacks because that's the money maker, that's the bread and butter, and that's what brings people, that's what brings asses to the stands, that what gets people in the fantasy, that brings more fans in and more spectators because everyone wants to watch the football game to see how their fantasy fantasy is doing. At this point. The NFL's audience is 50% female. There's no denying that. You know, females are, are in this sport now, and largely because of fantasies is, is one big part of why they're in this sport. And they're going to protect their assets at all costs, no matter how much defensive guys like myself and around the league hate it. It's just going to be the situation that it's in. Yeah. So, uh, JC, this would probably be my final question for tonight. I appreciate the time that uh that you've spent with us my my question to you is very short and sweet do you expect tampa to be active before the trade deadline and players or kinds of players uh might you expect that they would go for yeah i think they're gonna take a look absolutely i mean any any anyone who's available um that that can help them they're definitely going to take a look at i think they'll be active potentially in the in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. Uh, one of the things he's always wanted to do is play with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's been, uh, they've both been very vocal about wanting to play with each other. If this is Brady's last season, this is his last attempt uh, or last chance potentially at playing with Brady. So that's that's something that, you know, and I just gave you facts, Josh. I mean, you're Josh. I'm a fellow Josh, but I just gave you facts. Um, that's something that he, they've always talked about. But, you know, I think looking potentially guard and this is this shouldn't even get put up on screen come on guys you're better than that uh, <laughs> um i scroll through them sometimes i forget to even read what's on that's on me. no i'm just kidding um pet fans you understand yeah yeah i know i know i'm just messing like this one's crazy too. Yeah, um anyways but I, I think, 
<laughs> I, I think maybe yeah. you know, left guard, they could look if someone comes available. The thing about this is where the Bucks need help right now, no one's trying to get rid of those players. <laughs> no right. one's no one's trying to offer you're not getting good players for nothing and that's what what you know jason light always says is you have to have somebody who wants to make a deal with you and want and is willing to give up take accept the right assets that you're willing to give up the bucks are already out of fourth round pick next year they're getting a fifth in return from comp um from uh, compensatory picks are also getting extra seventh. So they're kind of making up that with a fifth and seventh. You can get back into the late fourth. Um, so they're kind of making that up. But at, at the same time, it's got to be someone to help. I think the quick quickest fix for them right now is to go out and see what's going on with Eric Flowers. Uh, I don't know why he's not um, signed yet, and there may be a reason for that. But I think uh, he's a guy who graded out at over 70 uh, overall as, as a left guard in pff last year and i think that he could be an upgrade on that offensive line um the defensive line there's still nadamka sue out there um and, and you know one of the biggest reasons he's not signed is because he he's a businessman like he's a businessman he wants to get paid what he wants to get paid and i don't think anyone's willing to pay him that right now but if, if hicks is going to miss more time i think that would be a, a, a good a good spot to check but i think the biggest thing that they could get at, at this point in the season and, and later even after the trade deadline is getting Gronk back. I mean, I think it's still a possibility, even though he just joined Fox's countdown. Um, he's been staying in shape. He's in football shape. I, I think that's that would be the biggest thing. They're missing him on third downs right now tremendously. And you look at this Bucks team right now, they've been struggling on third downs. Right now, they're 31 of 82 on third down conversions, which is very poor. Um, and then in the red zone, they're struggling in the red zone as well. So, um, those two areas are, are huge for Gronk with his body, his his catch radius, his control, um, and his ability to just run over players. So, um, you know, I, I think that would be the biggest improvement that this Bucks team could get. But again, Odell Beckham Jr. is a, a name I'm keeping an eye on. And if they feel like, you know, especially if injuries happen more uh, or pile up or depending on Logan Ryan's injury, if they feel like they need to add it safety, maybe they can take a look and maybe, you know, Reach out to the Patriots. I don't know what Joe Burrow Peppers is doing or anything like that, but he's down the depth chart line there. Um, or they can, you know, kind of target that position as well. So I don't know. I feel I feel like a move is probably coming. They just put Logan Ryan on injured reserve and released someone from their practice squad, Justin School, who's a who's a tackle. Um, they didn't make any immediate announcements. Um, they could just promote someone from the practice squad, um, or they could, you know bring someone in from the outside, a la Eric Flowers, or make a trade. So uh, I definitely know a move is coming, or at least at least two to three moves. If they do promote someone from the practice squad, then they have two practice squad openings. Um, so there's definitely a couple moves coming down the line. I just don't know what those are going to be, and I think it's it's um, you know it's a wait-and-see approach on how they can improve this team because they're always looking. So I, um, I, I obviously this past – Offseason was a roller coaster for Bucks fans uh, with Tom Brady retiring, then unretiring. Um, now that we're almost seven weeks in, hindsight almost makes, at least from the outside perspective, it almost makes it look like Tom Brady coming back hurts the future of the Bucks. And I mean that in a couple of ways. Um, if there is a guy on the on the roster now that's going to take his place, he's not getting those reps in game. He's not getting real valuable you know uh on on the field snaps if the answer is not on the team which we can all assume that this is his last year right um then 
you guys are going to be probably right now. I don't think, and and you may have an opinion on this. It doesn't look like the Bucks are going to be world champions. I'm not going to put Tom Brady out at all. Like you know, obviously things can go wrong, but it certainly does not look like a a a world beater team just yet. Um, How how do you now that the season has gone the way that it is? Do you look back on Brady's unretirement positively? Or negatively, or do does does that really not even concern you at this point in time? Well, we're only six games in, so three and three is not the end of the world. I mean, they could go on a run, still lose two games, and end up twelve and five and be fine. And, and you know, I think they're going to win the division, so they're definitely guaranteeing a spot in the dance. And if they're healthy when that time comes around, I think they've shown that they can answer the call. So I wouldn't call them out, especially in the NFC. The NFC is shambles right now. The Eagles look good, but are they re- are they for real? Are they you know how does you know, is that going to continue the Cowboys enough said the Giants? I think Brian Dayball has got them playing great football, but let's see if they can sustain that throughout the entire year. I mean, just a few years ago, we saw the Steelers go on that, you know, incredible run where they were undefeated for like 12 games. And then they're knocked out early in the playoffs. So that's one of those situations. Green Bay looks in shambles. The Rams look in shambles. Uh, Minnesota looks pretty good, but Kirk Cousins playing in prime time in the playoffs. I'll take my chances with Kirk Cousins playing prime time on the playoffs, you know? So um, I still think they have a good chance at, at potentially making the Super Bowl. Now, depending on what team they're going against, if they're faced up against the Chiefs or the, or the, or the Bills or anything, that's, that's a difficult, that's a tall task. But again, any given Sunday, the Steelers just beat the Bucks, you know? So right. uh, any, anything can happen. And if you have a good enough game plan, you can make the adjustments to – that's one of the things. The Bucks have been terrible at making adjustments, especially on the offensive side. So they got to get that down. But as far as the Brady situation, Kyle Trask isn't ready. He's not. Uh, he's a guy notoriously sat in high school, sat in college. Um, he's making a, a difficult transition to to pro the pro game from the offense that he was in uh, last year. He he you know pretty much spent the offseason uh, learning different dropbacks and and in situations like that. So I think he needs at least another year. Um, and if you look at it, you know I think Bucks fans have to have to be thrilled that Brady came back for one reason because they're looking at Baker Mayfield. So he ends up with the Panthers and we know how that's going right now. So, um, but I, I think, you know, you've got Tom Brady, you're always in it. The, you, you, uh, you look at having him back. You probably wouldn't have gotten guys like Ryan Jensen to recommit Leonard Fournette to recommit. Maybe, you know, even I think Chris Godwin was coming back regardless, but I don't know if you get Russell Gage here. I don't know if you get guys like, um, you know, I don't know if they're aggressive as aggressive to get Shaq Mason in here with a trade. I don't know if they're aggressive enough to put this team together that is a win now team. And this team, the way they structured those con- most of those contracts with Gage and Godwin and Carlton Davis and Jensen, those are three year deals. So this team is a is a win now. It's a Super Bowl winning team now. You know, when healthy, when executing properly. I don't think we can say, you know, anything against that. If they're healthy and executing properly. And the way that we know they can, this team is one of the best in the NFL. They've got the talent across the board. Um, so I think Brady coming back is definitely is definitely was definitely great for them um, for this year and also going forward to being able to lock those guys up and put yourself in position. And next year we'll see. I mean, 
Do they roll with Blaine Gabbert? I don't know. Do they want to go with Kyle Trask? Do they maybe package some picks to move up in the first round and grab a quarterback? This is a very quarterback-heavy heavy draft. As you guys know, scouting, I'm sure, all of them right now. There's a lot of good guys out there, even guys who can be had later in the in the mid to late first round. Um, you know, Or do they – has this team had – uh, you know, that taste of the national spotlight, the taste of winning the championship, being in the playoffs. And do they try to make a splash trade for a veteran? Does the, is Dak enamored with Cooper Rush? You know, I mean, we say that now, but he gave he gave Bledsoe a huge contract and Tony Romo came in. He gave, uh, you know, Tony Romo a huge contract and Dak came in. Jerry Jones is the weirdest owner we in football. You know, he's he's so fickle he can make those decisions. And maybe they swing the fence and get a Dak. Maybe they someone else pops up that we don't even think is available, and they and they're able to land that guy. And now they have a um, you know they they have a, a quarterback in place there. So there's definitely what if the Raiders? You know, perfect. They just recommitted the car, but what if they get the second the first second pick? And you know, do you do you not? Do not take a chance on that generational talent. What if Justin Fields becomes available, you know, and, and in a in a better offense, he he can produce better. There's so many different variables there. I think Brady re-signing Brady for this year, getting the cast of characters back, signing them to long-term deals to keep this team um in a window where they can still win championships and still compete at a high level was the right decision to make ultimately. Long-winded. All my answers are long-winded, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're good. Well, listen, we appreciate you so much for coming on and talking about this matchup this Sunday. Why don't you go ahead and tell our viewers where they can find you, where they can find your work, and how they can get at you uh, online. Yeah, definitely. Pewter Report is where all my work is going to be at, um, at Pewter Report on Twitter, Pewter Report TV on YouTube, and then PewterReport.com. Um, my my Twitter handles right there at JC Allen NFL. Follow me. Listen, I'm a football fan first and foremost. Uh, I love learning about different teams, different uh, the NFL in general. So if the team I cover, the team I root for, were just gone off the face of the earth, I'd still be a football fan. I'd still want to learn as much as I can about different teams. So if you're like that and you want to learn about the Bucks, keep in touch with the Bucks. What's going on? Um, and just know well be a well-rounded football fan um follow me i'm your one-stop shop for everything we've got great awesome coverage um i've i've got a great show on tuesdays i sit down with the bucks player every week this week was was tristan Wirfs, and he actually was talking about brian burns he's like brian burns man he presents a problem he's fast he's like i know he's gonna try to put a spin move on me at one point um so i mean that's a matchup that they have a lot of respect for uh i think maybe see a jersey swap this week i told him like hey they're they're fire sailing over there. So he may not be there at the end of the season. I don't think they move him, but just in case, you might want to get that jersey swap with him. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I think that this is going to be a fun game. I think the Bucks can get right. I'm not at a score prediction yet. I definitely think the Bucks win probably by at least 10. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch. But that's where you can find me. That's where you can follow all of our work, everything at Peter Report. I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Yeah, man, we thank you so much for coming on. JC, you've been incredible, and uh, thanks so much for joining the C3 Panthers podcast. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, um, do not look at Britney Spears' Twitter right now. Woo! Good oh, God. What? Yeah, she's wild right now. Oh, um, now, the, <clears throat> guess what? No, that's the first thing I'm doing. Straight. That's the first thing I'm doing. Um, look, uh, this week the Panthers do face the Buccaneers. It's going to be a tough challenge, but guess what I just did? I went on prize picks tonight and tonight was the last night we've been advertising this. We advertised this on uh Friday free for all is you get the free, um, uh, 
you got the free square for Steph Curry. So if you go to Prize Picks and you use the promo code Panthers, you get a one hundred percent first time uh, deposit bonus. And this week, this is what I did, guys. I just put this in the other uh, last night. I went against the Panthers, uh, which is kind of the smart thing to do. Mm. And that is here we go. Look at my entries right here. Oh, and I got to talk about last night's game. I'm so mad. Uh, I got Steph Curry for my free square right here and Tom Brady more than 267 yards passing against the Panthers. I feel good about that, right? Yeah. As Tom Brady's been putting up numbers. Last night, I kind of got screwed with a, uh, a free square because uh, the game got rained out, and I don't think the guy pitched today, So, or they don't play. I think you got to redo it. But look at this, guys. Prize picks, man. It is such an awesome way to watch football. You go to prize picks. You put in the promo code C3, and you get a 100% deposit bonus for your first time. You put in multiple. It's daily fantasy sports where, where you can make money, and you can have a great time doing it. Now, I will tell you this. is things hurt, they hurt bad when you think – you nail it. You think you nail it. I thought this is I put in this prize pick. I'm going to put in $15 to win 75. That's a great return, right? Like I'm sitting there going, man, I'm going to take this 15. And I got this because I said, man, Christian McCaffrey, last week I forecast on the show that Christian McCaffrey was going to get the ball, and he was going to get the ball a lot. And I told you, Cody, on Friday free-for-all, while you were eyeballing the DJ Moore receptions, I was like, man, look at that Chris McCaffrey number. Look at that Chris McCaffrey. This is going to be a Chris McCaffrey show. You know Ben McAdoo's going to passive-aggressive, and he did. Steve Wilkes wants to run the ball. So Christian McCaffrey goes out and crushes those 60 yards like in the first half, basically. You know, boom, see the green mark there. I am uh, getting done with dinner last night. I'm like, I'm going to go watch this Monday night football game because I got a lot of people in fantasy in it. I got these two daily prize picks. I get in the car, turn on the radio. Russell Wilson has already scored on the first like possession of the game. He had 112 or 120 yards passing in the first quarter. <laughs> 10 for 10. And, and I had to, yeah, 10 for 10. And I had to get 240. Uh, he needed to get 246 total yards rushing and passing. I spoke. Yes, I spoke this, and I think I, I mean I. I jinxed myself totally. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I got this. Mm -hmm. This is oh, the no. best case scenario because uh, now Herbert is going to have to throw because they're behind." And guess what he did? He threw fifty-seven times. <laughs> fifty-seven times. Yeah. So I said, "Oh, I'm about to get this." The whole game goes by. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos fell asleep in the second half. I heard a stat that they didn't have a single passing yard in the second half. I don't know if that's true. I think they only had like five total passing yards in the whole second half. It, wasn't, like it was it something wasn't like insane, yeah. right? Whereas yeah. like I should have won this. So then on top of that, the game goes to overtime. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess there's this one last-ditch effort. Both of these quarterbacks just need to get 30 yards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, I need this field goal kicker to miss this kick. Like, everything kept popping up. 
mm-hmm. to where I still was in it, still was in it. And a one-legged kicker came out and won the game. How did Justin Herbert throw the ball 57 times and not get 263 passing yards? Insanity. That's a record. It's a record. It? It's, a, it's the most passes thrown. It's the least amount of yards for the most passes thrown in the game. Not, not <sighs> like It's not the most th- passes ever thrown, but for throwing that many passes, it's the least amount of yards ever gained. What Unreal. a jerk because I would have turned 15 bucks – into 75 if these guys wouldn't have been a bunch of schlubbers, schlubs. But Prize Picks has made watching football ridiculously fun. Daily fantasy football sports, the way it is, is you put in multiple entries. you got to put at least two entries in uh, from different teams. And like I said, these are my entries so far tonight. I got the Steph Curry and Tom Brady, $5.00. Turns into 15. You add more entries to that, that number continues to go up a lot. So you guys get on prize picks, and you use the promo code C3, and up to $100 on your first-time deposit, they will match it. You put in $100, they give you an extra $100 in promotional money, which is real money, but you got to play with it. They don't let you just cash it out. You got to play with it. But you take that money. I saw somebody hanging out with somebody who's using prize picks. They have $900 in their account. Mm. Not Cody and Tony. So this is not Daily Fantasy Football advice. This is you seeing how we do it. And maybe you can do better. If you do better, let us know. Use that promo code C3 and care about our sponsors. Just like Just Don't Care cares about the c3 panthers podcast with another patron saint in the house just don't care does care about the c3 panthers podcast with the five dollar super bomb the chat guys we've talked about the bucks we've done prize picks we've talked about robbie anderson what's next cody you know what i think is next you know we have a bunch of people that come in here and they like to hear us talk about panthers football Duh, that's obvious. But you come for the Panthers football, you stay big heaping helping of shame. Why don't you go ahead and just talk to him, big papa? Oh, you wanna talk you wanna talk to the the chat? I do. I wanna say something to you, and I wanna say something real good. I don't know what that means. But you've come in here to talk about Robbie Anderson being a punk! As Cody Lackney would say, talk about the Carolina Panthers absolutely sucking and maybe Christian McCaffrey not being a Carolina Panther anymore. But you come in here, you sit here for three hours, you don't hit that like button. I have one thing to say to all you absolute legends subscriber shame. One hundred and forty strong viewers. 83 thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. Help us whoop up on that YouTube algorithm. Let them know who's boss of the C3 Panthers podcast can be seen by as many Panthers fans as possible. Tony Dunn, would you like to jump into some cat calls? I'd love to hear from the C3 family. You can call into the show at 222. 252-228-5098. That's 
228-5098. Let us know what you think about Robbie Anderson, the trade, why we couldn't get more. Was Is Robbie really brilliant? Matt Rule, is he or he's no longer one of us? What do you think about his manifesto? What do you think about this team? I thought Tim Tizzy had a great comment that Steve Wilkes is trying to get P.J. Walker out of there. Um, and so we want to hear your thoughts on that. Call in at 252-228-5098. Let's go, Cody. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? I can't hear that, Tony. Yeah, I can't hear it. Either. Yeah, we can't hear it. You don't hear anything? No. Mm-mm. I'm not. I'm not. Well, it it Go ahead, Mike. I- start it over. Oh, start it sorry. Yeah. I thought I was all over it, too. What's good, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. Um, I called in to slander some folks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but not really. I just, just wanted to get my kind of takes on the game. And I kind of, you know, it was Monday. You see the discourse and just kind of like Panther fans. Uh, reaction to everything. I'm not, I'm not blaming Steve Wilkes, man. Like, I don't, the, the screen passes, just the, the anemic offense. I don't think people really like, like, folks, y'all gotta realize how bad PJ Walker is. He's not an NFL quarterback. He, he's, he's not good enough to be in the NFL. The only reason he's in the NFL is because he got a, another last second chance. After the XFL disbanded, his college coach took a flyer on him and then re-signed him again after Matt Corral got injured. Like, he wouldn't have even been on this team if Matt Corral didn't have a season in his surgery. He was True. 2-0 and yeah. as a Panther starter. But those two wins, he did absolutely nothing. And I'm pretty sure he threw multiple interceptions in both games. He's not that guy. He's going to throw interceptions. Take the ball out of his hands. And... I'll be 100% honest, I, Steve Wilkes, I don't think he had anything to do with any play calling yesterday, so I don't feel like, like, the, like I'm not sitting here saying he needs, he deserves all these different opportunities or whatever, but nothing that happened yesterday was his fault. Like, we still don't know anything about that man. So let's just hold off. He could be good. He could be not good. He's most likely 99% not going to be our head coach next year anyway, but the, the fact of the matter is I'm not blaming him. Um, another thing, like Robbie, the Robbie thing, I saw a tweet from Four Man Rush out to them. I don't want to just come come off like I'm like slandering them or anything because I don't really listen to their their content. But you know, I see them a lot on Twitter. They get a lot of engagement. Um, but but the like I saw too. They was kind of saying like Robbie's the first player to get thrown under the bus. You know, he cares about winning and he's frustrated with the team and all. Like that's bullshit, bro. I'm not hearing none of that. Like I I don't I don't know where Robbie's getting his benefit of the doubt from. Like yeah, you can like of course. He cares about winning. Cool. Like, that's great. But you watch his press conference. That shit was not about the team, man. He was mad because he got taken out. He, because he feels like him being in there gives the team the best chance to win, which honestly, great. You feel that way, but I, you haven't shown anything for us to reflect that. And for you to ball your fist up and get in the coach's face and whoop, whoop, holla, holla. Like, we had Steve Smith, man, the, 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 
somebody who was on terrible, terrible teams, a hot-headed as you can get, somebody whose competitive drive was as, as hard as you can get. Motherfucker knocked his own team out a couple times. You never saw him get in the coach's face like that. Uh, I might have a part two to this call if y'all doing it, but hold on. Let me let me get something there. Can that be called tonight, the first one? <laughs> hey, dude, <laughs> right I, everything he said yeah, 100%. was spot on, man. It's entitled. Mm-hmm. It was all about himself. It's always been about himself. Like what CK earlier when he was trying to get to the Pro Bowl, when he was losing with the Jets, or, you know, when he uh, was yelling at Sam on the sideline, that was because he missed him. You know, he was the first one to come down on Baker. He's fought other coaches before. It's like, yeah, man, Robbie was 100% about himself. And at the end of the day, he wasn't worth the trouble that he was causing. So, yeah, man, shout out to Corey. Fantastic call. And I don't want to hear that. Oh, I'm a winner and I'm competitor and all of that. Your whole team sucks. And he goes, oh, I just want to win a Super Bowl. Well, the, that's why you're trying to get traded, homie. Somebody said in the call, in the chat, they said they want to know what uh, he said uh, to their coach on his way out. You yeah, know, and I can tell you this. Is, Maxwell uh, Irwin with the $5 love bomb says, I just want to know who, what was said as Robbie left the field. Yeah. Well, I could tell you what he told after what he told the cop that arrested him when he was going 105 miles an hour and ran two red lights uh, when he was back with the New York Jets. Uh, after he ran two red lights and finally stopped, uh, Anderson said uh, that he was going to find his wife, F her, and nut in her eye. <laughs> That's what I he told remember, the cop. <laughs> dude. I remember that. Now that you say it, I remember it. And then he wrote, uh, uh, he said, um, I'm flaming right now. Nah, man, I swear. So, um, Robbie Anderson, I can tell you whatever he said was colorful and probably needed some interpretation to understand, you know, uh, because we listen to, you know, he's funny, man. I think he's funny. It's like, he's like, when they ask him these questions, like business. Matt Rule. <laughs> uh, he's just like ridiculous in so many ways, but fine. He's going to get paid a bazillion dollars. I am just totally upset that I'm the only person in the world. Or actually, I'm going to say this is for anybody defending the actions, then they think he's better than he is. That's what it oh, is. Oh, for sure. I don't. Bro. The one thing I disagree with what Jay Stu said is uh, count your blessings for your career. No, nah, like his career actually had a lateral, if not improved, move. He's going to go play with Kyler Murray now. That's what he's saying. He's saying count your blessings. Like, you've been blessed multiple times. Make sure you you look after that. Yeah, but he he said if they wouldn't have had that injury, he wouldn't have been blessed. And, like, I think we still would have been traded. Um, He's still making $29 million guaranteed. Well, I I think he he doesn't mean – yeah, he still would have been traded, but it, it may not have been the next day. Like if like if this Arizona injury doesn't happen, do you think Arizona's picking him up the next day? I think that's what he means. I would hope that if if I was the Panthers, what I would have done is just made him inactive for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's just not giving him a hat each game, put the other guys in, and then traded him when the yeah. team was really ready to give you something. I feel like the Panthers were just like screw it, we'll just pay. I mean, like, and I that's where I don't like is like the Panthers not only cut bait. 
but they don't even try to pick the good bait out of the bait bucket. They just throw the whole bucket overboard for all of these decisions. Like it's like, um, while people talk about, um, the, all right, actually I did want to bring this up and we're going to go back to the calls. I want you guys uh, to think about this is Brian Burns. He mentioned this in the Jersey swap is Brian Burns. We hear Christian McCaffrey's name is Brian Burns a name that you think the Panthers are willing to shop. I think he's the most uh, interesting player from an outside team that you could add probably more so than Christian McCaffrey. So if I was a GM, that's who I'd be calling about calling about the numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hello, gentlemen. This is Daniel again. Um, I, I don't. I won't be completely honest with you guys. I didn't. I didn't even watch the game this Sunday. You know, at, at the beginning of the of the season, when I tell my wife football season is back, she replied. You know, to me and my kids, she said. Oh, great. Sundays are gone again. And with this season, you know, and then that hitting home again when this Sunday, I I say, you know what, forget it. I'm just, I'm going to take this Sunday and I'm going to spend quality time with the family. This is not worth it. And thank goodness that's what I did because I, this would have, this would have been bad for me. But anyways, gentlemen, after watching the highlights and everything, it's the same dumpster fire. You know what, what, what are we going to do? You know what? I'm waiting for news. Somebody getting fired. Somebody's head. You know, something happening and nothing still. This is crazy. We're, we're the laughing stock of the NFL. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm frustrated, you know. And then watching like people like Brian Burns defending Matt Rule, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's a great man. I'm sure, you know, he's a great family guy, you know. All, but this is the NFL, you know. This is this is a business. This is wins versus losses. If you're not producing wins, you know. You've got to go. This is not. Are you a a good guy? I keep you here because you're a good guy, even though that's what it seems to be happening this is a joke you know this is this is a joke and something has to happen something's got to give you know i I think i think all of us panther fans are just we we don't even know we're numb we're just numb this is the scariest part to me as anyway gentlemen as always thank y'all for what y'all do Man, we appreciate the support, dude. Uh, keep guys, yeah. you guys keep calling in. I understand that this can uh, get like that, but we're gonna get you through it, right? Not just yes. us; all of us are gonna lock arms together and get through this. Because, look, I mean, there could be years of this to come. Like, we got to find ways uh, to keep our fan interest up. We're gonna be creative going forward. Don't you worry. We're gonna continue to bring you dynamic content despite some of the adversity the Carolina Panthers are facing. And we'll find some silver linings in this. One, let's remember Matt Rule is no longer here. The experiment, he's no longer one of OOU. He's no longer one of us. And thank goodness, now we can potentially start uh something on a sounder foundation. Now, I mean, I hate to be a kick a dog when he's down, but Really, it's not right now the culture 
the situation of the Carolina Panthers is not good. We are primed for the number one pick, so don't you forget that. And there's going to be a lot of speculation. And I guess we could have the biggest C3 Panthers draft party ever. And it also be the shortest. Shortest, yeah. <laughs> we don't even have to watch the whole draft if we don't want. Finally, yeah. That's and be incredible. I feel like we'll also probably know who that pick is, like oh, yeah. fairly yeah. early. We could be done too, by like eight like, fifteen. I mean, right. it's, it's basically yeah. if it's number one, it's basically between two players, right? And and, and like you said, sure. we're, we're, nah, there's going to be some quarterback from North Dakota State who could throw a, a, <laughs> a football through a piece of plywood, <laughs> and Cody's going to be like traits, traits, traits. <laughs> Bryce Young too short, too short. The number two five two. Cody's going to see another position like middle linebacker that he much prefers to draft. And then hope Matt Corral turns out to be the guy. Oh, that's God. the then we'll have to play. hear that. Hey, you, you know, realistically, if Matt I'm Corral didn't get that. injured, this was his fantasy season. Like, Bro, what kind of a yeah. starter could you, you want to be? You, you, you get drafted by a team. They don't start you. They have two guys ahead of you. Both those guys get injured or playing horrible. This was his like t- chance. This was the to Tom Brady situation. The worst really timed injury for a career that could ever happen. Yeah, you I know, still blame that, Matt Rule. <laughs> uh, and no, I don't want to fight about right? it because I'm Step set in stone, dude. I'll die on that fucking. Because thing. he probably won't be a Carolina Panther now. Like, Maybe. I mean, like the odds are he just won't. Right? Is that? Or he'll uh, just be well, relegated be... to a backup role. Yeah. He'll or be a Carolina we have three an old RG three Kirk Cousins combo, and we get to trade somebody in two years. Maybe you know it's not bad having a high talented quarterback that has some intrigue and some mystery to him. He right. comes out there and plays well in the preseason. You never know what kind of interest you could generate. You could be getting the next Jimmy G type acquisition for the future. The number is 252-228-5098. And happy Monday, C3 Panthers. This is a link calling from North Alabama again. And he is fired. There's no more Matt the Fool or Rat Rule or whatever you anyone wants to call him. He is now no longer a professional NFL head coach. Now we have Steve Wilkes, who we are all knew he would be the guy. We'll see how it goes from here. <clears throat> now it's time to look at the draft, unfortunately, because even with this change, I don't know if we can get it done with Baker Bumfield not be able to throw a ball at all, and with his taped up ankles, and PJ's not the answer. Maybe we need to get, what's his name, Eason, off the practice squad and have a, have him prank play. Man, I just well, let's talk about this. Thing. Damn. Well, <clears throat> I look forward to seeing the podcast and seeing everyone's reactions. Keep pounding. Timely call. So, Timely look, call. I feel a certain type of way about this, Tony. I'm saying it's Jacob Eason season, baby. That's right. I don't give a damn about any of those other halfwits. You know why? He's tall. He's tall. He's a tall drink of water. And frankly, right now, that's all I give a damn about, dude. He can see over the line of scrimmage. The dude has a big-time arm. He can push the ball downfield. And even though we barely got to see him play, 
I felt like the offense kind of moved in a better rhythm during that little bit of time that we saw Jacob Eason. Then we did P.J. Walker. And at this point, what do we have to lose, man? Hand off the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Do some play-action passes. Uh, I'm telling you, man, the lack of play-action passes in this offense is a crime against humanity. You have players that off. If you're going to be running the football that much, take some play-action passes to trick the defense and push the ball downfield. I feel like all of our quarterbacks would be in a much better situation if they did decide to do that, but they're not. Um, so, listen, I, I frankly just want to see a passing attack. That's all I want to see. So, hey, man, I'm on the Jacob Eason train, baby. I'm not calling him a savior or going to save our season, but maybe we'll be able to move the ball through the air for once and not have to be completely dependent on running Christian McCaffrey for four quarters. Uh, Cody, I just put up a link to an Instagram video in the private chat. If you could pull that up, is the Carolina Panthers are, and this is the title of the show, in a quarterback conundrum, the great quarterback conundrum. Uh, you've got uh, Baker Mayfield, who has been terrible. I'm telling you this. I pulled up. Oh gosh, did I put him? I still got him up. So I pulled up the top uh, passing stats in the league uh, when we were talking about Tom Brady early, earlier, and then I just tried to find Baker Mayfield's on um on the list and now this is kind of crazy is it's bizarre to me that he only has three less passing yards than Tannehill. that Tannehill must be having a sleepy sleepy season cooper rush has more pot passing yards than baker mayfield but this is the fun one to me bailey zappy he oh, has right now has 596 passing yards. I think that's through two games or one and a half games or something like that. Right. And this guy is 51 for 70 with a 72.9 completion rate, five touch, uh, four touchdowns, one interception. Bailey Zappi could turn out to be best in class as the Carolina Panthers are going through the worst first-round picks in the history of the world, Baker Mayfield, not the history of the world, but that, that had to have been the worst, one of the worst classes, Baker, or at least, was Josh Rosen no, in that class? Most, it was the most underwhelmed, it was the most horribly scouted uh, quarterback class because it was Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen oh, after, yeah. after Sam Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Rosen. Yeah, and you're those that you're you're right, you're right. And uh, Cody Lashney was on it. He lo he loved some Josh Allen from day one. Lamar I Jackson, did. man, I, I I think he's gonna. I I put out a short yesterday. I think this is what we should do. I think we should just fully guarantee Lamar Jackson's six year contract. Bring in Greg Roman and let's roll with that offense next year. But we're trying to figure out who's gonna play quarterback next week. Here's DJ Moore asked about it. So it's come down to. Just being a team player at the end of the day and uh, just being on top of everything and uh, just being just being you at the end of the day. Uh, just basically with Coach Rosen. Oh, was that not it? That's not the right – did you pause it or was that the end? No, that was it. So it come down to – Yeah, what is it? Hold on, hold on. Uh, you got to hear – let's see. Maybe it's this one. The Panthers will not win – Another football game until they remove that fucking ping pong table, bro. 
It's gotta go, dude. Every time I hear it, it just sends a chill up my spine, <laughs> dude. Like quit playing ping pong. Ugh, Everywhere you hear it. Did you hear it in that one? I didn't hear it in that one, but yeah, I mean, obviously I you're talking about it. it's in every single one. All right, here's the one that I want to play right here. As we're trying to figure out who the Carolina Panthers are picking at quarterback. Actually, I'm going to put the slideshow up real quick. I think I got it up here uh, for later in the show. Um, this is Steve Wilkes. This is uh, this is from Joe Person in The Athletic. He said, while Baker Mayfield received some discouraging news on his high ankle sprain, Sam Darnold looks ready to return from uh, his. An MRI on Mayfield's left ankle following a Friday week uh, workout revealed ligament dam- damage. And Wilkes... Uh, said his status is week to week when he was asked if Baker, like basically he doesn't know who's going to be starting. We're trying to figure it out. And now uh, this is what DJ Moore's insight was on it. That's the same link. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not. It looks the same. The same same exact letters. It looks, the lettering looks the same. I opened it up. I got them both. They're the exact same. Uh, it's where they ask him who the Okay. God, well, where is it? It's the one where he says this. He couldn't even remember Jacob Eason's name. That's what I was just trying to say. He said they were like, How do you feel? He said, Is it gonna be Baker? Is it gonna be Sam? Is it PJ? Or is it the other guy? <laughs> and he goes, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, and they go, Jacob. He's the guy. Uh, so name. Jacob Eason, he doesn't know who it is, Cody. Um <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. Well, that was a big fail. That was a big fail. Uh, should we go on we to another call? Yeah, let's do that. And then let's, uh, after this next call, let's uh, talk about CMC for a sec. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, this is Chad from Charleston here. I'm calling in. I'm, I'm excited and happy. Matt Rule has been fired. Um, I just heard this one. Nothing against the guy. Nothing personal. Uh, in fact, actually, like, I think he's a good guy, just not meant to be an NFL coach. I'm sure he'll get a good job in college and be fine. But moving forward, uh, I really like the idea. I think we're going to fall down, uh, have a top one or two pick. We're, we're looking at a pretty good pace there. Hopefully we'll, we'll sell some assets. I really would only keep Iquanu and Horn. They, they would be my untouchables. Everyone else could be traded. I, we won't trade everybody, but Todd McCaffrey more. All those guys, sell them some way you can get something for them. Derek Brown, got 50-50 on him, probably keep him too. But anyway, looking at coaching candidates, um, I'm just curious where everybody thinks what direction will go. I really, really like the idea of if we can get a number one or two pick, getting a quarterback there and bringing in Ken Dorsey from Buffalo, first-time head coach. Very, very risky, but I know the program he's been in, smart guy, high, high-level offensive coordinator. Um Anyway, just curious. That's that's a risky pick, but one that I really like and one that I think we should consider. Great show, guys. Appreciate it. I have a I have a, a, a comment to make. I, I know a lot of people are on this sell, 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 and and it, I, I don't blame you. But here's the thing: what is the one thing we always complained about with Cam Newton that we didn't put the weapons around him, right? So what you're asking for for us to sell the farm is to take the weapons that we actually do have and then not have a, any of those weapons for a, a you know a potential number 1 overall draft pick like CJ Stroud or any of these guys. I think right now 
you want to bring a team that has already got some cohesiveness with one another, bring them in. And then there's going to be, it's, it's when you look at the most successful franchises, most of them have built their team up and then introduced the, the franchise guy, right? You look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, for that matter, came into a b- bit of a solidified situation up there in Tom in, in, in uh, New England, right? There's so many things that I could see where the appeal is to let go of these guys. But at the end of the day, you're asking to like just basically bank on the next guys being better than the guys we have now. And we know what we have with these guys. Like getting rid of them is basically just a gamble in and of itself. We know we're going to need a new quarterback. Let's let that new quarterback come in here and turn this team into a playoff team because right now we're not that far away, guys. We're not. We're coach, a good coach, a good offensive coordinator, and a quarterback away. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I hear you, man. The Panthers nation is split down the middle. Well, how we about really this? Are. Let's talk about it in a the most informed manner. Here is like. I think there's a difference between the full on fire sale and trading away certain assets that could get you something right now where they're at their highest value at this moment and will give you a lower return in the future. Um, now this is a name that I, I'm with, I'm kind of with CK on this one. I kind of like, uh, um, I'm with white chocolate espresso. My, uh, my bastard son, when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, is that I don't know. He's such a good player, a, such a good player, and could be such – he's been the best player on our team when he's out there, by clear, by far, right? Is that I don't know if you're going to be able – you kind of st- not stuck with him. Like, you've already paid him. So uh, I actually think Der- – uh, I don't think Derek Brown, I don't think any of the young, young players, maybe Jeremy Chin, and I hate to say that, but just because he's going into free agency soon because he was a second-round pick – I think the real name is Brian Burns, and I know that's going to be mad. people are going to be upset with that. But I think that you need to not think about who the player is at this moment. But are they go? Are you going to be able? To, are you going to sign them? Are you going to extend Brian Burns? That's the first question. If the answer is no, then you only get him from one year, more year at the most, right? If the answer is yes, the next question is, will he sign here? And will you have to overpay him to keep him here because there are more attractive destinations? But let's talk about this Christian McCaffrey and who is the most tradable. Right now, there's some odds about who would be most interested in trading for Christian McCaffrey. Greg's Buffalo Bills are at the top. I would thought this was surprising. Miami Dolphins, five to one favorites. What do you think about this list, Cody? I mean, listen, the Buffalo Bills, to me, are the best possible destination for Christian McCaffrey. And I'm, I still hope that if it does happen, that that's who it's for. Um, I think you're talking about a late first-round pick. And let's be real. That's all the Panthers are going to get. I mean, that's really all the Panthers are going to get. I'm about to read you all this thread that comes from Charles Robinson. He's an NFL executive. You probably know him. He's the voice on Madden. Uh, I mean, this guy is, he's done it all. I believe this is the same Charles Robinson. But um, this is about Christian McCaffrey and everything going on surrounding his trade. A handful of teams are interested, 
but not pushing hard debt to do for McCaffrey. The interest has been more of a checking in with Carolina after the initial Bills report to see if he's actually getting shopped. At the moment, the Panthers are in listening mode with CMC. The whole Bills uh, deal with McCaffrey stemmed back to when Buffalo called about him in the offseason, but that never went anywhere, and it was totally dead until this point in the season. <clears throat> the Bills are in more of a monitoring mode than anything, a call-us mode. In terms of the franchises interested in McCaffrey, I'm told it's teams that are, are running back away from either being complete or being a Super Bowl contending team in 2022. Bills are interested but slow playing it. I believe the 49ers are firmly in that mix too. Compensation-wise, now this is the interesting thing to me. Compensation-wise for McCaffrey, I think multiple first-rounders chatter is a reflection of what Panthers owner David Tepper would like, but not what the market is. I don't believe any team would surrender two firsts Maybe a first-rounder plus another pick or assets is possible. To be clear, the Panthers aren't looking to tear down fire sale, like what you said, Tony. They'll likely deal a player or two that were rule guys, but want to keep this young core together, especially on defense. They also believe McCaffrey is a helpful player for whatever the future coach slash young quarterback is. I think the Panthers deal McCaffrey of trade deals assets that helps the team land one of the elite quarterback prospects in the 2023 draft. Uh, if dealing CMC doesn't produce, uh, produce enough capital to help with that, likely including a first rounder, he likely sticks in Carolina past the deadline. To answer a question, yes, I think uh, from the right team, <clears throat> McCaffrey can draw a first rounder. Remember, most teams have 14 to 15 first-round grades in the draft. The teams are going after McCaffrey are aiming to win a Super Bowl and pick late in the first. Teams don't have 32 first-round grades. So that was a mouthful, but there's a lot of truth to that. And in that, I think that David Tepper is probably a part of the inflation of Christian McCaffrey's worth trying to make sure that he has, you know, uh, enough recompensation. If you're going to give the most popular on the characters. Um, and then on top of that, they said they want to keep the defensive core intact. Which is smart. And that makes Which sense is smart. Right. I mean, you got, you, yeah. you got time on Derek Brown. He's fine. Like, you don't want to just let these players get good and then move them away. You're like right. in the prime of a Derek We're Brown team. Uh, J.C. Horn, those first-round picks, those top talents right there are the teams. You're, you're not going to get as much for them as what they're going to give you because certain, the one thing about draft picks and assets is that it's also just potential. Right. It's not real and actualized uh, potential until <laughs> these guys produce. And how many are actual misses in the draft all over the board, right? So there's a risk to it. So you got to make sure that that risk is negated by the compensation that you're able to get. And if you got young players that are like top graded talents, you could build around that. You need to be thinking about people with contracts, people that don't you don't see a fit in the future. That's why Robbie Anderson can be moved. Right? It's because the future there is not is not with Carolina. 
Um, so you'll see, we'll probably look at some of those players, but we don't really have a ton to offer people. That's the other thing. We don't really have a ton to offer unless you think that somebody wants Brady Christensen or something. None that are worth high value that are not on rookie contracts, you know? Right. All right, let's go to the next call. TP3, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, I just want to talk about the 45 yards passing in three quarters. That's not going to get it. That, that's not going to cut it. No. I don't know what they're doing, but 45 yards in three quarters, That that's not going to cut it. If that's the way that we're going to be looking going forward with just a bunch of short screen passes and never really taking the shot down the field, just, I guess, playing it safe. Uh, we're going to be in for a long season, fellas. Uh, but that, whatever Wilt's game plan for today, that, that wasn't it. That was not it. Let me know what you guys think. Keep pounding. I thought it was Drew from the Friday Free For All that tweeted something to me. I cannot find it. Uh, but it was like the, Number of passes where we didn't only one went beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, do you no. see that stat or something? Yeah, like that? I can find PJ Walker's passing chart. Like it was yeah, uh, like the most crazy. Um, that just like it didn't even. I mean, I knew it was bad, but good God, when you look at it like that, and is that an effort to just say this? I mean, look, PJ Walker said that game plan is not going to fly, um, and. You know, I, I wonder what the Panthers are trying. The statement was there. I really, you know, and, and here in the other in the other way though is it wasn't that they just didn't open the passing game up. They tried twice, but like the two times he tried to throw it, they were just completely off the mark. Right? Um, if you see those two passes that are down the sidelines, there. There's four passes there past the line. Oh, maybe yeah, uh, no, only one completed beyond the line of scrimmage. <laughs> And it was but, actually kind of on the last Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that mess is literally not nine out of eleven passes completed were behind the line of scrimmage. Right. You cannot make this shit up. The Panthers unequivocally have the worst quarterback situation in all the NFL, and right. I hear nothing more of it, dude. PJ Walker is not the answer. He never has been. I mean, really, that's why at this point, none of us really believe in Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. That's why I'm on Team Eason, baby. At least he can stay over the line of scrimmage, and at least he has a big arm to hopefully hopefully connect downfield to guys like DJ Moore and potentially, hopefully, even guys that haven't gotten their chance yet. Actually, you know what? I want to put uh, PJ in. No. Fuck it. Like, man, come on. Like, what are we going to go do? What's winning one game going to win for us? Uh, I want to go. I want to thank Corey for his support. He called in. He had the call of the night so far, according to Greg. He's, I've got your second call chambered, but we're trying to move to a one call format and trying to power through and get through everybody's perspectives. If we get through the calls, 
uh, fast enough tonight, I will come back to it. We'll chamber it for a later date. But we thank you for your support and for calling in at 252-228-5098. We want to get everybody in. Let's go to the next call. Hey, crew. This is the AU Link. After an exhausting four days of weekend. Go! Sorry about that, guys. Idiot all trying to hit me, hit me in the rear. Um, after exhausting four-day weekend, shooting machine guns and all sorts of other nastiness, it was fun. I come home on Sunday exhausted to watch my Panthers play, and saw what happened on the field. My word, that was miserable. I just one I'm thinking they do not trust a locker to throw anything beyond two yards. And I think Welch is just hoping that Sam Donald will be better prepared for later. Hopefully that's the case. I don't know. I'm really pulling for Welch because he's a local local guy for the Panthers. And I think he's smart. And without our defensive players, they're all out. We all had, what, three of our stars out? It's kind of hard to even compete when your defense is your best group. Doesn't have any star power except for Brian Burns. So we'll have to see what happens next week, but look forward to seeing the podcast. He found it. Thank you for the Don't support. Get into a wreck, brother. I know. That's AU Link. He was on the Friday free for all uh, just a week or two ago when we were up there. Uh, cool Panther fan calling in at 252-228-5090. I wanted to go back to those tweets you read out that you said, oh, that's a mouthful. Um, basically, that's an article in a thread. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he, So I was wondering with this is like, could you do that with it? I wish you could do that with like TikTok or um, sh- YouTube shorts where the one short went to the next short like directly. Like uh, where you could change, like where it'll like just if know which one you want next. Yeah, and so that somebody could watch like a quick story like that if you just put up those comments because yeah. you could really. I think that would be pretty cool. I just uh, right. don't think that's a functionality, but that's how I would use it. Uh, let's go to the next call. Hey T three, uh, this is Panthers Journey. Um, you know, glad we got Robbie out of there. Honestly, better capital. In the in picks than I thought we would get. Um, you know, uh, you can't you can't blow up like that on the sideline either. You know, it's just bad for for business. Honestly, um, I thought in the first quarter, you know, it was smart to you know play behind the line of scrimmage on offense, but then you got to let him you know throw the ball down the field or at least give him a chance to. I feel like we never gave the chance for PJ to honestly get going, even if he could. He didn't have a chance. Um, I think you know we would we would be honestly solid uh, if if we had any sort of offense. Uh, through five games, we're averaging ten points let up in the first half, which is is not bad. Uh, you know, in, in football, if we could you know keep up on offense within in the first half. You know, I feel like we would have a shot at winning a lot more games, you know. Um, but 10 points a game in the first half is what we're averaging, uh, giving up. Um, so, you know, it, 
I think McAdoo has to go, obviously, uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen this season. So, you know, I'm not optimistic about winning any games. Um, I like Wilkes, you know. Uh, I like what he said about, um, you know, no one's above the program, even himself. Um, yeah, uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep it up. All right, ma'am. Thank you for your support. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's keep going with these calls. Yo, it's White Chocolate Espresso. What's hey. up? <clears throat> Yo, I want to talk about the state of this team. Like, this roster is not that bad. Like, if you look at the games we've played so far, we've lost to Cleveland by two. We've lost to the Giants by three. The Rams game, going into the fourth quarter, P.J. Walker only has 44 yards passing through three quarters and the start of the fourth quarter we were still tied 10 to 10 we have the half the lead at halftime if we had a quarterback like fucking in the top 20 we could be four and two easily i would even throw the cardinals game in because if i went on espn and i looked up every play-by-play from all the games and at, is that at 7.36 left in the third quarter, it was still 50-50 who's going to win the game. And Baker has played through shit through the Cleveland game until the fourth quarter. They shit that to the Giants game and the Cardinals and all the other fucking games. This team just, to me, I feel like it's just, honestly, it needs a quarterback. Like, that's the glaring hole. Defense has gotten three touchdowns now throughout the season. It's been really solid. Derek Brown's been a monster. You know, Brian Burns has been getting sacks. Um, Luvu, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's getting frustrating. Like, we just need a quarterback. A quarterback now. Teddy would Teddy would have had this team at four and two or five and one. Like I'm not even that Teddy guy who constantly brings up Teddy, but he would have. Oh my god! I don't even know what to say. Just yeah. Hope hopefully we get a franchise quarterback in the draft. I guess with our first pick. Peace. I mean, he makes a lot of sense. I hear it's true. It's true. I hear everything that he's saying, you know? I mean, and I've always heard what he's saying. It's just, I don't know if that's the reality of the world that we live in. You know? It's actually might be the best case scenario for us that we have in so many ways no trying to been positioning ourselves for a moment where Matt Rule said this, that they want to get to the point where they could just plop in a quarterback and it's like finally there. Like it's the magic piece, right? It is the fulcrum or whatever that is at the at the top, the keystone in the arch. It's that Lord of the Rings thing that the guy like that key that opened up the volcano key right yeah um and you don't have to have a ton 
to get that pick. You don't have to do right. what San Francisco did. We could just go get the best quarterback. And people who told us to not overreach for a quarterback in the first round like a Malik Willis, everybody said the next quarterback class is the one. It's the one. We don't have to do anything but just stay in our lane. P.J. Walker, and let's draft a quarterback, and you're ready to say this is that we could win with a rookie quarterback in a cert- to a certain degree, but definitely in year two, you're positioned for a breakout, breakout year if that quarterback is the guy, but he has to be right. that dude. He has to be that dude. Let's go with the next call. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I was just going to say, with what you're saying right there, do remember oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. we had a team that was 1-15. We drafted a number one quarterback, and he was offensive player of the year the next year, or offensive rookie of the year next year. So, I mean. We're in. We don't yeah. maybe even need the all the picks that people say we need. What we probably just need to do is nail some picks man like we can't have no more terrace marshall juniors and i know that look that's that's him catching strays but they guess got to work i don't care if it's him i don't care whose fault it is is it hasn't produced anything we can't have another fourth or you know these picks that just are we need a second round pick to hit like jeremy chin did like so if you could just get your quarterback and one other key player that's a good addition. That's the most positive improvement we've had in our team in a decade. Yes. Just those two pieces. You yeah. might want more, but those two pieces alone, if you could get, you might just, I would almost just trade the other two picks and whatever picks you could accumulate to just get two first this year and then walk out of there. We'd have the best draft party. We'd get like a top <laughs> defensive end in the draft and we get our quarterback and call it a damn weekend. Yeah. That would be incredible, you know, if we could finally, you know, if the quarterback is the final piece to the puzzle, if we could draft one without having to trade any of our players. We don't have know, to. That, I like yeah, that yeah, idea. I mean, that, that would be ideal. But, but, you know, what happens if we give up those first round picks for a coach like Sean Payton? And then no, we we're not going to do that. Around? That's not a reality. That's no. not a reality. That's a pipe dream. But just what if we just had two top 10 picks next year you just gave away everything not everything you don't give away christian mccaffrey you don't got to deal players whatever you get right in the small deals you take the robbie anderson picks you take the other two three picks that we got the second the third the fourth or whatever rounds they are and you just say hey we'll give you all of this stuff for your top 10 pick i don't think you get a top 10 pick out of it but if you can get a first round like a top 20 i think like if you could Imagine if we could get a quarterback and pick, pick, pick one and then pick up like a solid linebacker, like number 15. Ooh, like this team would that actually like. would help us a ton. You know? like, Imagine like that, adding really Cam Newton and Luke Keekley in the same, and, and that's it. Yeah, just don't draft anymore. And then Wouldn't that help us more new, than yeah. a dude that like Deontay Brown, who were, not Deontay Brown, who was that guy that you used to love from Alabama, Bowser or whatever? Not me. Who? The big guy, Cody liked him. The giant dude. We just let him walk, basically. The big oh uh, no not Bowser uh, what is Deontay it? Brown is on the practice squad. <laughs> Which one's Deontay the Brown? one with the uh, spikes and 
uh, Mario World, the big Bowser. Yeah. yeah, that's Bowser, yeah, that's but what, I've never heard. Right. But, that, but that's, that's, never like. that's never who I, no, we referred to him It's as a Black thing. Boy. Check Twitter. Put his name in and Bowser. All right, let's go. Then. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Or can we go on the next call and kind of keep that conversation trickling in the background? Think no, about I the draft. That would be awesome. Two picks. In the, now that would not be the fastest draft. That would be the best case scenario for the C3 podcast. That would we be get incredible. our quarterback and awesome. we talk about the quarterback for an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden we're drafting another player. Hey, they listen. But the to only us, way we, so the only way, we, the only way, the only way that we have two top ten picks is if you trade Brian Burns to a team like Philadelphia, who has the Saints' first round pick. And Ooh, they might check how many picks Kansas City has. They're another target for a Brian Burns player. Look, Not they really. have so much draft capital, dude. Would you do because it? of the Tyreek Hill trade? Yeah. Wow. Look it up. Yeah, somebody, no, hey, Greg, that. will you Google it while we go to the next call? Yeah. It's just put in uh, Kansas City draft capital and put in uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think is the Brothers, how y'all doing? G Cavassier. What up, G? Hey, man. Robbie's gone, man. Wasn't that quick? Robbie is gone. Went to Arizona. I didn't see that shit coming. Not going to Arizona, you know. And see, with Robbie, I mean, I felt his passion because he wants to win. I understand that. It's the way he came off of uh, doing it. If anybody should be pissed, it should be damn DJ Moore. Because DJ Moore, as we all know, is a better wide receiver than you-know-who. Hey, the reason why I called is, let me ask you guys a question. Do you think McAdoo is safe at OC? Me, personally, I don't. My opinion, they should have fired his ass with Matt Rule. And do you see these Temple players and these Baylor players being safe now? I don't know. You know, the trade deadline is coming up, and uh, what the Panthers going to do? You know, I don't know if we're going to trade, try to get some players. I don't know. I just saw that Deshaun Jackson went to Baltimore or something like that. So, uh, I don't know if players even want to come here. I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that. Do you think Ben McAdoo is safe? We'll see. Keep pounding, y'all. Keep pounding. Great call, G. I definitely don't think he's safe. But I don't think Steve Wilkes is safe. I mean, it's kind of, you know, a joke uh, in this recent press conference with Steve Wilkes when talking about DJ Moore. He talked about how good he is, how good of an asset he is as a blocker, and this is your number one wide receiver. I don't think there's one coach in this staff that is guaranteed a job next season. I wouldn't doubt if every single position is filled by someone new, including Ben McAdoo. Oh, dude, it's going to be complete. And I don't even want to hear the people saying, oh, I'd like to bring in this head coach and keep Wilkes as a DC. Like, uh, it's going to be, uh, we're going to bring in an entire fresh look. And right. um, it's going to be the best money can buy. It will be that because Tepper can't f- afford to lose twice. So he's going to go and he's going to, I mean, like, they got to get it right. The number is 252-228-5098. Evening, boys. After Scott this call. from Winston-Salem. What's that? So it's about 830. And I, don't, I can't remember how many football quarterbacks came out of the ACC just this year, but – I think Cody needs to do some uh, film review on Hartman, quarterback for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Yeah, I like that. He's had a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. 
He threw six touchdowns against Clemson with no picks. Now, Clemson threw – I think the quarterback threw four. However, it was an overtime game. I was at that game. It was actually pretty good. And secondly, yeah, trading some folks out. Yeah, I agree. But we need to keep, like, our core five or six and a good uh, bunch of offensive uh, players, get rid of the rest of them, give Wilkes a chance, and see what we can do. I'm all for some first-round draft picks. It'd be nice if we got, like, six or seven first-round draft picks and we just kept trading assets to get them, but that ain't going to happen. Anyway, I'm sure to do a good show tonight. Like I said, it's about 8.30. i got to get ready to get in the bed. i got to get up at 3.30 to go to work. You boys have a good one. Keep pounding. Thanks for what you do. Sam Sam Hartman's from Charlotte. Or at least that's what he says on ESPN. No, he is. He's playing Uh, lights out, bro. He looks real good. And he's another kind of undersized quarterback, but he has that dog mentality, man. He will put the ball right where it needs to be. He's not afraid of pressure from the pocket. He'll extend the play. I mean, he's 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 a real talent, man. I don't know if I was going to evaluate him. You know, he might be a, a day two pick sometime in round three, round four maybe. But I, I do think that he has a ton of potential. And uh, it will definitely be interesting to see what, what he continues to do going forward. There's a lot of, you know, I know we're already talking about the draft, but there's a bunch of good quarterbacks that are coming out. What about the uh, Tennessee guy? Isn't he old? And Dan Hooker. Is he old? Yeah, he's 25 years old. Oh, God. Not necessarily a bad thing. No, dude, I don't give a damn. I mean, listen, with sports science the way it is now, I wouldn't doubt it in the next, you know, two decades, you're going to see a bunch of players My playing man. into their 40s. Well, because of the – also the COVID year is making this class or two to or a, a little, little bit older. older. Yeah. Or uh, And at the end of the day, but see, Cody don't remember. He don't remember an old quarterback the Panthers already drafted. Oh, Winky. Winky. What? Winky. Chris Winky oh, won the Heisman Winky. and was 28 years old or something like that. And we drafted him in the first round, I think. Went to Florida State, right? Yeah. Uh, well, but how about this? Do you so. remember Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow was also old as shit coming out of not the 20, draft. Not 25, is he? 28? He was not 20. He was not 24. Winky was old. I'm just saying this. And I, you're using a guy who Winky was, was already great old. or has been pretty good. Winky looked like P.J. Walker, dude. Yeah. We're talking 40 yards. 40 yard winky threw two i think it's i've, I've got it in the notes because i want to make a, in the off season i've been planning on making for like two years now the worst games in panthers history actually it was last year and i've got like i've been doing all the research for a lot of different games and i went through every loss and i have like a, a formula for how i think we should qualify under six shutout things like this but there's a game where chris winky threw back-to-back pick sixes <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, game, yeah. how does that even happen? He threw a pick six and he came out and did it again. It's like, hey, uh, so let's go to the next call. Um two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up? What's up? C three fam. How y'all doing today? Um Call D the one and the only. This is when you only call What's up, Tony? I'm only playing one of your calls, Carl. I see two more chambered. Cody the Great. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, brother. And 
the man, the, the man, the voice, the legend. It's a secret. And Greg. Cat Daddy. I'm going to have you to play the next call something. before he gets to the Greg, dang call. Always <laughs> say, what's up to everybody else? They don't, give, they don't seem to give you no love. Yeah. He's an underappreciated member. I appreciate it, man. Tag team champions of the world. You deserve as much love as everybody else, Greg. So I'm gonna give it to you. There you go, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, fellas? Um, I'm not sure if y'all got my um cat call last. I mean, well, yeah, cat call last night. Um. Yesterday, the post game. I tried to go back to repeat. I didn't never hear it. You probably did or not. Get to it, Carl. Um, anyway, hey, Cody. <laughs> well, okay, before I get to you, Cody. <laughs> uh, Panther fans, I know everybody, a lot of Panther fans are sad. They're down. They're mad. They're pissed. You, I even heard some of the cat calls yesterday. Some of them like, Sounds disappointed. I'm hey, if you hear a voice in the background talking about directions, I'm at work, so <laughs> forgive me for that. What do you eat for lunch, um, girl? My son, let me pull over right now so I can finish this this little cat call. Um, literally not going to get to it at all. <laughs> yeah, I hear some fans, you know, looking so disappointed. All I got to say is, what did they expect? Did they really think? The Steve Wilkes taking over. There was going to be this, all of a sudden, a 360 change. The offense was going to be better. The defense was going to be super-duper better. I mean. Well, that, look at that. I mean, what, what are, this is awesome. What did we think here? <laughs> Over the expectations. All right. Three minutes later, <laughs> uh, the question is, what did what we did expect? You expect? <laughs> and you know what? Uh, he's right about that. Yeah, yeah like what? Actually, we saw uh, again that t- that game was mildly entertaining, to be honest. Uh, let's go to the next call. This is Anthony from Charlotte. What's up, C three? Uh, it's Anthony calling in from Charlotte. Um, so it's been a couple of days since the last game. I thought I'd think about it. Um, and yeah, like I recouped my thoughts and, you know, being on Twitter and everything, a lot of people, I, I think they're still, when you look at this team and you look at the way that it's run and how I still didn't see any rookie, you know, players getting involved, obviously besides the Kim Aquanu, who's, I mean, realistically has been the only rookie who's, you know, done anything for us from this class. I know we didn't, we had less picks because of the Sam Darnold trade, but you got to play these rookies, man. Why are we fucking around like this? The whole league knows we're the worst team in the league. The fans know. The players know. If any of you guys have listened to Steve Smith, he legit has said, I would ask for a trade after week two, and I don't blame him. And let me say this. For all the people that keep saying Matt Corral is going to get a chance, listen, 
I like, I am still a Matt Corral fan. Okay, obviously I wanted Baker to play, but keep Matt Corral here. Draft the rookie. You are not going to sit there and debate about, oh, do we have to take a quarterback here? No fucking shit. Okay, we need to take a quarterback. It's been too long without this missing piece. Even if we don't get someone to the cam standards, we need stability. And you need to have a quarterback competition. We need hope. No more BS. Just tank the season. Okay, once we're one and six, I want this talk to stop. Okay? We... I mean, realistically, I do the math here. Yeah. If we're going to win a game every six games, we're still going to end up with three wins or less. So, I mean, especially with the schedule getting harder, I don't know, boys, but y'all are the best, man. C3 for life, like, keep pounding. Word up, man. Thank Appreciate you for it. that call. It puts us on a great track. Is And I'm right now... I think White Chocolate Espresso and my bastard son might be trying to get into my family right now because I think I'm with him on this. It's like we talked about in the past season, Cody was ready to trade away like five draft picks for Trevor Lawrence. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still so we don't, we, could, like, we don't even need assets then. Just give it like if you think about what you were willing to pay for Trevor Lawrence, us just having the number one pick in a draft – if you think there's a guy who is of that caliber type player, boom, you're in the best situation possible. We got to stay in our lane. Let's go to this, though. Is Akim Aquano the best left tackle in the NFL? Boy, oh boy, people. Look, the man, we were excited about this pick. We came out of NC State. A lot of people have debated about the three top draft picks. Evan Neal, was it Charles Cross, I believe? was the other guy, and uh, Akim Aquanu being the best left tackles in this class and a better offensive lineman class, a position that the Panthers have needed to feel, fill and fix for some time. Two, two weeks of kind of learning how to be a pro. People are like, guard. Oh, Lord. He's not the best one. They're looking at Charles Cross. Oh, Charles Cross over there doing this, right? And then all of a sudden, I look up. Oh, holy cow. Akim Aquanu has been playing lights out for like two weeks now. Three weeks. Akim Aquanu, tell me about his performance so far, Cody. Yeah, so listen, according to all the metrics people, PFF, all the stat guys, um, I mean, they've all been ranting and raving on how good Akim Aquanu is, man. And he really has come along. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to see it, too. Uh, I, so, Akim Aquanu in week six, 23 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures, zero hurries allowed. The Panthers rookie hasn't allowed a single sack since week two. That's what we need, baby. When is the last time I'm depend on our left tackle for anything? Don't but forget, he did can. that against San Francisco as well. I don't want to take yeah. away from how well he's done. And the the, the no sacks since week two is a great stat. But the other stuff from week six is just a buffer. Because didn't we just go over a stat where he had one, he had four passes past the line of scrimmage? I mean, it's 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 a little easier to protect and have not no no pass or no no nobody rushing the quarterback or no sacks when there's literally 
0.75 seconds and the ball snapped. And it's right. Man, that's a got, fair point. You know, it, it's a fair point, but it's also not, uh, you know, it's if you want to it's talk not about a negative, six, sure. It's not a right? negative. You're but right. let's also keep in mind that when we're talking about what happened uh, two weeks ago against the 49ers, he was going up against a great defensive inset. Um, and he was scored the highest of any left tackle in the entire NFL all year. Like he's that's Bosa how well did get he did. hurt in that game, yeah. man. Not until the second half. It's it's like I said. I don't want to take away from it because he is doing well. But that 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 all those bullet points right there from get from week six are just kind of <clears> icing <throat> on the cake to make it look really, really, really good. It's very impressive. But that makes it look like the best in the NFL ever. Impressive when you put that up there. It's all just right. not quite there yet. Here it how is. How about this? It is he has shown progress to. I'm very comfortable seeing him continue to grow and continue to get better. And I think you can make the case that once we finally do fix this quarterback position, it doesn't, it, it no longer seems like a Kim Aquanu is in over his head. And it okay. did very, very early in this season. Think about this, folks. The most important positions on a roster, left tackle. We got it. Check. Mm-hmm. Cornerback JC Horn, check. check. Quarterback number one draft pick, check. And what we need is a premier, premier defensive end. Yep. And I don't even know, and I'm not saying Brian Burns isn't good, but we're talking Brian Burns is the minimum of what we need there. Right. Could we yeah. attack free agency since we can draft a quarterback? and get a defensive end, could you swoop in and get Nick Bosa instead of them extending them? One of the things we're talking about is will Aquana, I mean, will Brian Burns want to stay with Carolina? Is there somebody we could potentially woo with money? Maybe. <laughs> with them dollar-dollar bills. Who's, who's coming up next year? Do y'all know defensive ends coming up next year? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think like some of these players are going to continue to get re-signed by their own team, particularly I think like it's going to be it's a far cry for the like the 49ers let Bosa go. Yeah, too early to tell. Yeah. You know, yeah. But maybe we don't just have to think about the draft only. Right. Right? If you don't need to go get a quarterback, screw it, man. I don't know. Yeah. The question is, are you ready to roll with a rookie quarterback uh, straight from the get-go? What else we got, Cody? Yeah, um, so I'm going to let you lead on this. and We'll talk about this, and then we can finish out oh, this all is the cat calls as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's talk about the Matt Rule Manifesto. Oh, my goodness. Last week, or maybe just a few days now, more and more kind of things are starting to creep out. Not as... Um, as flam- inflammatory as I, we had hoped in some ways. We have yet to get the crazy Matt Rule story. This is probably as wild as it gets, right? Like a wild cherry Pepsi type story. Is that uh, Jonathan Jones published something this past week where a three-page document was, they came across it, which we still haven't seen. I want to see it, folks. But something that Matt Rule wrote as he was becoming... Uh, the Carolina Panthers coach. And uh, he had some points in there that he wanted to make. One of them, he said, this is Pepsi. Tastes like Pepsi 24 hours a day. We have a brand at the Panthers. This brand defines us both on the field and in everyday life. We are the toughest, 
hardest working, most competitive team in the NFL. Man, that hurts. It hurts reading it, but here I'm not gonna overly smash on this dude for writing an essay. Like I'm all right with people trying to articulate things. Uh, you sh- you know, but uh, the irony of this is we're the least competitive team in the NFL. Sure. And uh, the brand, it's like a, this is fun speak, right? It's like it's a sales pitch right here. Mm-hmm. This is a can sales I, pitch. Can I do something because we didn't get a chance to do this for Greg already? Greg, would you like to just stand up and take a bow? What's that? Oh no, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll raise the hammer. I know exactly what point you're getting at, but I'll uh, I'll raise the hammer. <laughs> I mean, just Greg called it day one, day one. Matt Rule speech. Greg was like already on to this guy, and we're all Wrong. just telling Greg, "Yo, you're I know crazy, we were just bro. cracking Pepsi's. Everybody's just telling Greg <laughs> how stupid he is, and not stupid, but like how how ridiculous it is that." You know, don't be such a Debbie Downer, uh, Greg. Yeah, Debbie, he's our new. Oh coach. yeah, this Let's is the future. We're gonna and... get it going. Look, he's so highly sought after by other teams, and they were gonna pay them. Oh, guess what? There's other dummies in the world. <laughs> yeah, mm. like David Tepper. It said some fun things that we've heard Matt Rule say in the past. Is like you got to win the fir- the last four minutes of the second quarter, the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, and the last five minutes of the game. These are the the times that games are decided. So you use some like game probability theory of the most important minutes in a game. The sad part is this, is he knew which minutes were the most important and was terrible at those minutes mm-hmm. themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, really, that was, they were the worst minutes other than that third quarter. Ugh. He said this, screw this. You think that the just the last four minutes of the, of the fourth quarter are important? I'll show you guys. I won't even play the whole second half. The document then goes on to state that if you can't write down this plan, this is a teacher, man. This is like with some crap I would say to my students. Like, if you can't articulate this, then you don't know it. The document states if you can't write down this plan and the brand, the staff member is not OOU. And that is an acronym commonly used in the building that stands for one of us. OOU was used regularly in the draft and free agent process to determine what players Carolina should and should not target. The acronym came to be mocked regularly by some staffers in the last year, and it ends in now Matt Rule is finally not OOU. Now I just added that part. But here is there was some fun. There was a not this, but this is the Wild Cherry Pepsi report of the Matt Rule. Behind the scenes, Joe Person described him as a college coach that couldn't transition. Guys, your thoughts on uh, some of the stories about Matt Fool? He's a fool, and don't I I know it? Look, Matt Rule just had—he had a vision, okay, and he had a plan, and I got to give him credit for that because he did. It just even if it sounds batshit crazy to us, it was a plan that he had coming in, which you know not everybody goes into what? smartly. Be tough, be hard work. I, I mean, I guess whatever. Like I said, in his mind, he had a vision. It's just the problem was I think it's a college mindset. It was. I think he. I think he's not a leader Entirely. of men. He's a leader of boys, and that's the problem. Not boys. I don't want to say boys. I don't want to call college kids boys, but young men. 
Like some he, people he's said, be, he's, he's a Jimmy mold- and Joe guy, not an X and O guy. Yeah, 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 he's better at molding young men and getting along with the crowd and, yeah. and and being popular and 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 having a turnover and a change. You don't build a front or dynasty. Well, I mean, you do build dynasties in college, but it's a little different. You're gonna have turnover in teams in college every single year. Yeah, in the pros, you don't play like that. So you got to look at. I mean. I didn't like it from the beginning. It worked. Ended up working out not my favor, and I, you know, I take a little bit of credit for that. But it was just kind of a a feeling. It's not like I, I didn't base it on any kind of real knowledge. So, um, you know, but I, just, I I commend you, man, because you you said all the stuff that you talked about. Like uh, he sounded like he was just speaking coach talk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he sounded like a preacher on there. And you know, he's a college coach, so we don't really know what he's capable of doing. Odds are he's not going to be successful. There's not been a lot of success in this league from college coaches. And one of the things, and, and this is where I'm, I guess my mindset is starting to change a little bit as well, is because it's worked in the past doesn't mean you should just go based on the, the exception, right? right. Uh, just because there has been one college coach that's worked out or two college coaches, or maybe maybe not even any if you don't want to consider Cliff Kingsbury a, a successful NFL coach, right? Um, but the part that I think is is I'm starting to realize is I don't want to play the the I'm after the exception because Drew Brees was a short quarterback and he was successful. The majority of short quarterbacks are not successful. Right. Sorry, don't go after the exception. You go after the rule. And the rule is you go after the guy who has shown success, who's got experience in the NFL. And if you're talking about quarterbacks, you want to go after that, that quarterback type uh, talent, as far as body size, uh, arm talent, athleticism. I'm tired of the, the, the excuses of it's worked for this guy, but it's just CK. Not- this yeah. is something I've learned in fantasy football over the last couple, actually that I've recognized with me in fantasy football. And my fantasy football so, uh, strategy is often so, I think, shaped by this podcast in so many ways, some of the things. Mm-hmm. So, like, when Sam Darnold came in, I drafted him in a late round. I was like, oh, man, this dude's going to pay. He could, he could turn it around. He might, I might hit something out of the park, right? And so what I did is this. Even this year, I went Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy. I thought, man, this is going to all of a sudden be magical. We hadn't seen it yet, though. Hadn't touched yeah. it yet. Hadn't felt it. It was something. It was a promise. It was a potential it had not occurred, and it almost goes to maybe uh, David Tepper's um, financial strategy, which is to always buy stocks that are in the tank with the idea that they could boom, and right. he wants to hit these triples. He'd started in junk bonds, and then he moved to recession kind of moments. He's bought like He's like looking for downturns and upside and things like this, and we we don't need that now. We need some blue chip, chip stocks. That's what we need. We need some blue chip stocks. Cody, can you pull up the power rankings real quick? Because I just want to finish out on the Matt Rule conversation. He said the most competitive team in the NFL is what the brand would be. Right now, this is what this has reaped for us, is the Carolina Panthers. I want to know who CBS has, what, maybe uh, Chicago behind us? I don't even know. I mean, I know they have more wins, though. But right now, the Panthers are consistently at the bottom of the bunch. Houston, maybe? They have a tie. I mean, like, we're still number. I mean, I'm interested to see who they Uh, articulate was the the worst team. The Athletic got us at 31, not CBS, right? Yeah, the Athletic. Did I say CBS? I'm sorry. Um, 
But 32 by NFL.com, 32 by ESPN, 32 by CBS Sports, 31 by The Athletic. Pro Football Talk is the power rankings at 32. The brand that David Tepper is selling right now is the bottom brand. Yeah. The only reason that anybody can have us not at 32 has got to be Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, it's got to be because whoever they, whoever there are debating is between the, the worst and us doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. And with Christian McCaffrey, you always have the ability to have at least 150 yards and possibly mm-hmm. a touchdown. I mean, that's got to be the only reason. I don't know who could be worse than us right now. Uh, they what? have uh, almost there. They have the commanders worse than us. Really? Yeah. Okay. Could yeah, Ron Rivera is probably uh, going to be. He's going to get fired him. next. Hey, uh, maybe he'll be interviewing. I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, let's go on with the next call. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. You know who the fuck it ain't. Boyka, boyka, boyka. It's Joey. And I don't really have that much to say. But I do have something to say. Well, you know, I hope Sam Darnold starts this week because PJ can't do anything. Or maybe they won't let him do anything because if they do, he'll just throw to the other team and, like, mm-hmm. you know, make their corners, um, make their uh, cornerbacks have the most receiving yards. But and, and Jacob Eason is like to me, like it'd be like going on Mint Street and finding some um, larger sized homeless guy saying, "Hey, sir, quick question. Uh, you know how to play quarterback?" And the homeless guy is like, uh, "Yeah, you know, they just let him play quarterback. Like that's how much." That's how proven Jacob Eason is. Like, I mean, for all that we know, they might they might as well have me at quarterback in there. So I don't want to see PJ. I don't want to see Jacob Eason. I want to see Sam Darnold. And y'all forget. Let's just run the I wildcat. Mean, Baker dude. Mayfield has been playing like trash with a better offensive line. And Sam Darnold, I mean, he could use his legs. Even though it's like his his ankles, the thing. Jacob Eason is like. (laughs) (laughs) For all we know, they might they might as well have me at quarterback in there. No, he forgot his name, just like DJ. I don't want to see Jacob Eason. (laughs) I want to see Sam Darnold, and y'all forget. I mean, Baker Mayfield has been playing like trash with a better offensive line. And Sam Darnold, I mean, he could use his legs, even though it's like his, his ankles, the thing that's messed up. But, you know, at least he could find DJ Moore. Shit. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the DJ Moore saga is like, dude, why, like, why can no one find that guy? And yet he's not the one getting pissed and getting kicked out of a game. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad we got rid of that bitch. He is a bitch. I stand by that statement. <laughs> and uh, also, before I do my famous roar, 
Uh, when is Sheena quick coming on the beat check? Anyway, guys. Hey man, this 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 man wants Shane to quit. We're gonna have to get Shane to quit, you know. Uh, You're gonna have to get her quick though. Yeah, for Joey, he's very demanding. He likes his uh his female talent, you know. Uh, Sheena's uh Sheena's been demand though. Sheena's got uh got all the all the networks coming after her now. Yeah, she's a man. What a success story for an independent type journalist. That, oh, no. that that's a win right there. Oh, um, yeah, she's, Mac feed, uh, yeah, she's on TV now. Yeah. She's going on ESPN now and things Incredible. like that. So she's been, so what a, she's the shooting star of the Charlotte media. One of the things I was going to say about this is, uh, he would, oh God, now please don't say it just escaped me. Fuck. What was he talking Jacob about Eason. again? Jacob he was talking, oh no. Yeah. Is that a lot of people have been trying to flex on Cody? Like, cause he said, Ed, like, and in the chat room, remember when uh, Joey the Black Panther, Panther, like we got that those flexes, and it's like, oh, you wouldn't say this to these dudes' faces. Well, actually, Joey and C- uh, Cody are the two people that could say it to their faces. Oh, dude, what, that's what but, what, I know, but like, well, what are you gonna do? Punch the blind guy? Did you see the you time punch I... the guy in the wheelchair? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like these guys can do that. If anybody <laughs> can do it, dude, if you knew all. If you knew some of the stories of some of the shit that I went through in high school and college, you would never say that about me, bro. <laughs> just, just, I, you know, I've got a mouth on me in case you haven't been able to tell. Um, but yeah, man, like, I, I don't know. Shout out to Ben Jordan. He said, I would. He'd smack the shit out of my ass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, no, what do you guys say? You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, fucking come at Matt Corral, and it's on no matter what. All right, can we go to the next call? Yeah, do it. Hundred percent, dude. Hey guys, Chuck from Liverpool City, aka Carolina Sports Guy. What's up, Chuck? I just kind of want to talk a little bit about. I know I've harped the last few times to call it about being so animate about not trading CMC, and it seems the writing's on the wall. As bad as I hate to lose a, a premier player. I do understand the salary cap implications. I do understand as a running back, although he's a special running back because he sure can play slot and catch football like no other. And, and he's just, he has this capacity to do incredible things. <clears throat> I do understand that by the time we get good again, he's going to be on the downside of a running back career. Um, I just really hate the fact that, you know, we're going to eat some dead money, which is a waste in my opinion. You might as well keep the player. Yep. Uh, but the draft that we get, even if we get a late first rounder, that's no guarantee that we're going to get a premier player. Um, now, you know, a lot of people are saying we'll get a second rounder if we trade him. Uh, if we turn him to a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations, I'd expect a late first. Uh, you know, we go into the draft with top five pick, a late first, we have our early second. Even though we don't have many other draft picks, that would be something to build on. Now, I do want to say this. I think Wilk's opportunity to have this job is its unfortunate for him, but I don't think it's going to come to fruition because it's definitely a fact that if he wins his job, we're not drafting anywhere in the top ten, and that's kind of putting us back in the mediocre part of the pack. 
And just unfortunately for him, you know, we can keep him on maybe defensive coordinator or, or, or if we hire the right person. Now, in my opinion, since we've gotten rid of rule, and if we get rid of Wilkes, we might as well clean the house completely, especially if we're going to get rid of players like CMC. If we're going to bring in a new coach, we need to bring in GM. I don't think Federer gets a pass on this guy. At one time, I thought, okay, he shares no blame. But the C.J. Henderson trade, you're looking at bringing in Mayfield. Uh, just just a couple of picks in, in the draft and things have happened. I just don't look at it and think that he is, is free of uh, uh, innocence. And one other thing I want to address, isn't it funny that in our heyday under Cam, the one thing we did not have that we needed in the Super Bowl and throughout his post-Super Bowl career is an offensive line. Yeah, a great tackle. What is the one strength we have on this team right now? The one thing we will not give up and we'll have going into the rebuild, a great offensive line. So isn't that ironic how the football guys shine upon us in that way? Yeah. But that's all I got for now, guys. Thanks. We always kept saying if we just had an offensive line, if we just had an offensive line, and now we can't even say that right now. Right. I was thinking about this with Joey. You know, I want to do the shirt, the um, my my favorite, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, oxymoron now, is poor billionaire. And I would love to have like a face caricature of David Tepper crying, dollar bill, like dollar sign tears, poor billionaire. But I wonder this, is there an irony? Because, you know, an oxymoron is, iron, uh, oxymoron is ironic, right? Is there an irony that maybe blind people could actually have the most fun at the strip club? <laughs> like I mean, you would think that not being able to see at the strip club would be a, a, like a down thing. But in theory, the whole crappy part about going to the strip club is you can only look. What would they do with a blind customer? I think, I mean, if there is there a Braille... <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I got I to gotta read this moment. But you know, they say that when you lose one sense, your other senses are heightened. So maybe he smells that place even. Oh, no, nah, they got yeah. it. it was like, he's the only, blind people are the only people that go to the strip club and touch and not get in trouble. Dang, Joey, is that true? Mm-hmm. T- tell me if it's that's gotta true. It's got to be true. If not, I think it's true. If not, we need to find out. It's got to be true. We're going to test it. We need to. We need to put a camera on Joey, and we need to find out what's. I mean, how could they get mad? I'm I'm blind. Taking a camera to the strip club is a good idea. I'm blind. Well, no, (laughs) you're right about that. All right, next call. Hey guys, how you doing? Tyler here. Hope you're having a good night. Uh, Well, Tyler. As far as Robbie Anderson, I think obviously we all know it's a matter of time. It's just you know with his actions on the field, and obviously Matt Rule gone. Uh, I think the team, as far as uh, Steve Wilkes and Scott Federer wanted him gone anyway. Uh, we needed a, a cap. We need to save some money on the cap for next year. I think he was a, a cap casualty. His extension that we gave him was uh, not smart at all. But, again, um, I really think if that was more of Matt Rule uh, than Steve Federer. Uh, just going on to uh, talk about Steve Federer for a second, I just think we should wait until – the off season comes, see what he does because no Matt Rule is no longer 
making those calls, and pretty much during Dave Tepper's press conference, he kind of admitted that in a way where he he admitted and said, "I need to uh, do a better job, and when I hire the coach and the GM to have them both work as a unit." So you you you, you he pretty much told us that it was 100 uh, percent Matt Rule making those decisions at the end of the day. Um, so I would love to see what Scott does with at Matt, without Matt Rule being there. I would love to see what that looks like. And I really believe that I don't think Scott would have made this extension without Matt Rule as the coach. I just don't see it. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, he's gone. We got some picks for him. That's better than nothing. It sucks that we have dead money on the guy. But, again, it is what it is. Uh, I think there will be – uh, another veteran, uh, pricey veteran that we're going to get rid of. Could it be CMC? Possibly. But I also think it could be Shaq Thompson, too. He, he's a veteran. Um, not that I would like for him to be gone, but I could see him being uh, let go in order to save some money. We'll see. But just glad Robbie Anderson's out the door. Um, same thing with Matt Rule, obviously. I'm really uh, – kind of glad that we're losing these games. I want us to be competitive. I want the defense to look good. Offense is going to be the way it is for the remainder of the season until Sam Darnold gets in there. I think it'll look a little bit better. That'll be interesting to see how they how he plays with a really good offensive line and uh, in front of him. Uh, but also giving uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. some uh, chances with Robbie gone is going to be very exciting to watch. Um, uh, but I, I do – I want us to be competitive, but I also want us to lose so we can get CJ Stroud. Uh, but if you have a good, you guys have a good night. Uh, talk really to you later. Good call. This is a really good call. Thank you that for your support. That was a good call. You um, covered a lot of good mar- things. He's already marrying uh, Scott and uh, Steve together, like J Lo and Ben, or you know, Benifer. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like he's already got them. He's called. He called him Steve Fitterer. But uh, I, I get what he, he he corrected it later on. The chat didn't miss it. Uh, but you know, outside of that, dude was spot on with a lot of the things he was saying for sure. I love this, by the way. I couldn't. I'm laughing hysterically as you uh, that up. You know, the, the internet always yeah. wins, dude. So that was a good call. Uh, the chat room always wins. This I got in. Pardon, sweet cheeks. Uh, she's got a locked account, so, so I'm not going to share. Like I'm sad I'm sharing, but I had to get this one up, and I didn't know where I knew I saw her post it. Uh. Ian Rappaport comes out and reports after the game for Arizona. Some good news for Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Wide receiver Hollywood Brown following the MRI on his foot. It isn't as bad as was initially thought. It's a small (laughs) non-surgical fracture, source said. Recovery time is about six weeks. He's getting a second opinion from Dr. Robert Anderson before moving (laughs) forward. And then the reply to the tweet of Robbie Anderson with glasses on. I giggled at this mess for a long time because the tweet just says Twitter. And you could just put the internet, you know, it's just undefeated. The internet is, is so, so awesome. Um, well, all right, let's go with the next goal. We're getting towards the end, guys. Hey, guys, it's the growl that makes them howl. Oh, Joey. Joey the Blind Panther. You know one call. I'm not going to do my G-Baby impression because I doubt this You're call right, can get played I'm all the way through. Jumping you. Sorry, Joey. Oh, no, Joey. Yeah. By the way, Joey says he does have a uh, a methodology for 
strip clubs. <laughs> I'll okay. play the call. Right. Is the call in there? Is it in the call? Gosh, Joe. No. All right. Because you're blind. But I really do have something that I really want to say. Uh, y'all are talking at the time of making this call, not at the time it's going to be played. Y'all are talking about a lot of people on the, uh, the fire cell train. And yeah, I get where that's coming from. Believe me, because like this, yeah, the thinking is, oh, we need more assets because we only have four picks, which, you know, the guy we don't want to fire, Scott Fitter, he's the one responsible for that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. I was going to talk about the fact that, guys, it's here. We're finally the team that is shitty enough where we don't have to sell a motherfucking thing and we still have the number one pick. So why don't we just sit the hell back? That's like, what I'm not, saying, dude? Joey. Like, All right, what I'm are skip the it to your grill. It sucks so bad. We don't. We shouldn't sell anything. Anyway, guys. All right, last two calls. Joey. I was just wondering, this is a kill, but is there a way, and I don't know if we can do this, Anthony Brown is a backup quarterback on the Ravens practice squad. Guy's a beast. Is there a way that we could get him off of the Ravens practice squad and onto ours? And if we can't, I'm with Cody. I'd say roll with Eason. Roll with Eason. Let's see what happens. We've got a really good team. We can get a quarterback. Does anybody really care? And I mean, I'm not, I don't mean about the call. Like, thank you for the call. But, like, do we really care for the quarterback position to get better in Carolina? No, I'm fine. I'm fine with us. Now. I'm yeah, fine I was with fine them. with last week. I'm going to watch that same game again. No, I'm fine with every <laughs> drive putting a different quarterback in. Ooh, that would be fun. Like musical chair quarterback. <laughs> Let's just let different players play, what if play did? quarterback position. Let them try it out. Put an offensive lineman. <laughs> Can I ask y'all a question? Do a direct like, snap to an offensive lineman. Like, I've been, do- you know, I've been doing this podcast for four years. Tony is longer than that. I believe CK and Bat Daddy have been with us for around two years or more, a little bit more. Uh, more, yeah, we're like closer to we're closer to the yeah, four market. closer, yeah. yeah, closer to three. So it's like every single year, we're like, oh, dude, it can't get worse. It's so bad. Like we had so much hope, and then we just nosedive. And then it's like we've had this pattern of building up our hopes and then nosediving. But this year, there's not even a nosedive. There was never an upward trajectory. We never never took off. (laughs) No, there was never an upward trajectory at all, man. And God, I would so like to be a part of doing this podcast with all of you incredible viewers. Still 130 viewers, three hours deep. We love y'all. I would love for one season (laughs) to do this podcast with a good Carolina Panthers football team. I'm desperate for it, man. We never took off. Every time it feels close, it just seems like it gets further and further and further away, man. Uh, It kind of, I wish this, that this analogy would play a little bit better if it was before the takeoff, but I said, I was a part of a record that was set at RDU. Uh, for the longest delay on the tarmac, like on the plane, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, not moving, 
just the longest delay. It was like four and a half hours, the lightning strikes. We had already landed. The plane was hooked up to the ramp. They would not unload the plane because the workers who had to help unload the plane couldn't go out in the lightning. So we sat there with the door to the fucking airport right there for four and a half hours. What? That's what that season, this season feels like. Yeah. It's <laughs> tough, man. God, I that. We were like, man, we don't even need our stuff, dude. Let's just let us go. We like, we'll come back and get it. They're like, nah, yeah, man. Dude. I was just open the door. Just people were calling this dude. Besides calling the top person, trying to talk to the VP of American Air or whatever it was. Good God, <laughs> that's At what, what point this. Did you bust out of that fucking thing. God, it felt like it. Uh, last call. What else? Three. The issue. Uh, Robbie situation. I'm not surprised. Um, I don't believe what he says to begin with because if he was worried about winning. Wasn't he taking Sam Darnold? Um, did he have Sam Darnold back? Didn't he not want Baker Mayfield? So if it was all this he wanted to win, he never had a winning culture. He never was a standout wide receiver. He only stood out with the Jets with a few plays because he's a one-trick pony. And um, if there's, trust me, there's no hate towards Robbie. I wish him the best. Um, I wish we never traded for him or picked him up. Um, just a missed opportunity. In my opinion, we put him versus Ted, Ted in. I, I put Ted in over him 100%. Uh, it's just sad how he causes a scene when his his daddy left. I mean, it was it was obvious, but he's not gonna he's not gonna state that. I mean, his boy Sam Darnold is still here, so what was really the reason for him to leave? He was getting treated the same way he was when Sam Darnold got picked up. But yeah, that's all I got to say for tonight. Uh, going to be a stormy season. It's going to be stormy um, for a while. The door is right coach. there. Need a few uh, holes filled. I don't see that happening uh, as a fan base. We just mix some of us on a pass rush. A lot of us on a quarterback. Um, we're not focused in on one key point of the team. Man, I'm stuck on quarterback. Um, we've been ignoring it since camp, but um all right, thank you guys for the calls tonight. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be part of the post-game show this Sunday. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. We've got the Friday free-for-all. Um, we're also lining up next week. Um, uh, uh, hold on. It's coming to me. Uh, Roaring Riot, Josh Klein is going to help us with the beat check next week. So we still got some things we're pulling. We're going to be keeping and going together. But this season, we're going to need each other. Lock arms, folks. Stick with us because right now we are on that plane right there. And we're at the gate. The, all they got to do is open the door. And now behind that door is a number one draft pick. But they're not going to open that door for about 
10 more weeks of talk as we got to go through this. So you guys, man, get the cards out. Let's we're going to get together. We're going to hang out. You, we don't need to be the people that are calling the VP of whatever jet blue or wherever, whatever airline I was on right now. You need to call the C three Panthers podcast at two, five, two, 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 eight, 1598. Get the deck of cards out. We're going to start playing. We're going to start playing, uh, prize picks we've been playing prize picks we got a lot in store for you guys and we can even and we're not even going to talk about this but this is the type of stuff we're going to have to get excited about panther sign chandler wooten off the practice squad of arizona uh so they were like hey while we're here let's just look through your practice squad while we're here and that is talking on the telephone pole a telephone is uh just read some names off to me Oh, linebacker, we could use that. Take them. That uh, quarterback for the Ravens, hmm, that's what we're going to have to get signed about. Former Auburn linebacker Chandler Wooten had an interception in the preseason. The Panthers have signed him to the practice squad, and we can look for him, I guess, to make a difference. Yeah, aren't you guys excited? I am. Come on, I am. guys. Just I think whenever excellent. he makes a tackle, we can say, woo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. it'll be so fun. Um, all right. Man. Let's do our picks real quick. Uh, anybody picking the Panthers this week against the Bucks? No. I am not. How could you, man? How, who, How the, who, you? The, the Falcons, man. I told you guys not to sleep with them. The Falcons, feisty Falcons. Who are fine? they playing this week? They got. Uh, I'm not sure. Hey, by the way, while, while Greg uh, pulls that up, uh, Tony, I'm upset with you, man. You said that I should have uh, I should have went with Christian McCaffrey on my prize picks. Well, I didn't. I went with DJ Moore, and I didn't hit on that. I know. But I was going to do the three out of four correct. Oh, and you were like, that's like go for all it. the way, man, go all the way. I would have won and, every week if I had done that. Yep. And, dude, if I would have, I, I hit Steph Curry. I hit the Matthew Stafford interception. And I hit Josh Allen over 300 and a half passing yards. Damn well, you it, done what I also said, which is go Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Falcons have the art and Cincinnati. Don't forget yeah, to use the promo code C3, guys, if you are going to prize picks, get 100% first time deposit bonus. Bengals, the Falcons are on the road against the Bengals. It's a fun story, but I'm picking the Bengals here. Anybody picking the Falcons on the road? Mm. Nah. Cincy. We're not keeping score anymore, yeah, so I'll say Falcons. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then the other was the Saints. Are they on a – no, they're at the Cardinals. They're playing Cardinals, yeah. Ooh. I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints one. on the road here. Yeah. Don't I doubt for the Robbie team. Anderson revenge? Revenge Robbie of what? Gonna, I mean, I don't know. He's not going to ball out and, you he know. Might actually, I picked him up in fantasy because I have, I have Hollywood. I have Hollywood, man. I need like, and he's been a top performer for me. I need a guy. My fantasy team. I'm three and three right now. I need. There's nobody else better on the team than Robbie Anderson. I'd have to trade, and I don't really. So how about know. this? I'm gonna do Isn't like. Isn't league I'm in? Isn't league I'm with you? Mm, if it is. No, but I probably have. I've always have very similar teams because I just have a strategy Dude, the, and I try to execute oh. it. I'll say it's in our league. league then talk to me. Dude, the league that I'm in with you. Uh, that's this is the best fantasy football team. You had, had an awesome had, draft, dude. Ever. You had an awesome draft. Yeah, you you were in a good game. spot, and you you made some great picks. Yeah, yeah I was going to the other day. 
I'm five and one in that league. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree with Greg since we're not really taking score. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals because fuck the Saints. Uh, yeah, like that. Good reason to pull against the Saints. Fuck you, Saints. Keep there going. we go. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we've got one final bit to do. The longest running uh, bit, the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast, literally and literally. Uh, thanks for sticking around with us for three hours and four minutes. All those people smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, consider supporting us on Patreon, becoming a C3 super fan. Um, and uh, you can find other ways to donate in the chat or just be a supporter by being a participant in the community. Check out the discord channel. There's all different types of way to get involved with the C3 Panthers podcast. And the last thing that we do on this show is we bring up, we ice somebody up. Cody, let's get into these ice up picks. All right. Um, I'm going to start off because I'm going to do two, but I'm going to do one and then let you guys go around. If we got enough time, I'll sneak in this other one. But I've always said this is um, when you uh, when you hear people, there's a kind of a funny thing. Anytime somebody is like so anti-gay in politics, um, they like continue to turn out to be the gayest. Right, and so they get so mad at this. Um, and you know, you see this is like all these conservatives, and I'm not trying to say conservatives. I'm just saying they'll be like, "Buh, buh, buh," and then they find out they have an abortion. Duh, 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 no gay man, and then they're just you know what in the yeah. bathroom. This one saw this on Business Insider: an anti-gay Hungarian politician has resigned after being caught by police fleeing a 25-man orgy through a window <laughs> now now what's interesting about the wording of this is he fleeing is, is is he fleeing through the window which i know that's what they're trying to write or is this a 25 man orgy happening <laughs> through a window <laughs> they're all crowded around this window <laughs> <laughs> uh so this to me this guy right here ice up man yeah. you uh the, those who cry the loudest dude Woo. yeah oh yeah those who denounce uh, the dude. loudest as new daddy has said dude, all right that's my dude joe, joe rogan has the best joke he's like all the politicians that are trying to ban gay marriage are secretly afraid that dicks are delicious <laughs> I believe that. I believe they are. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, and it's it's true, man. Um, listen, I, I'm gonna be short and simple. I normally have like one planned out and videos and shit. I don't have none of that, man. Um, I'm just icing up Robbie Anderson for this whole week, man. Uh, you know all the shenanigans, but their legend and Jonathan Stewart. Like, there is levels to this. And Robbie Anderson is decidedly not on Jonathan Stewart. And it's like, well, you're going to take a shot. You're not only are you going to try to fight our coaches, but now you're just so willing to throw everyone under the bus. I'm just so happy that he's gone. To Dr. Robert Anderson, ice up, son. Dr. Robert Anderson. <laughs> All right. Who you guys got? 
Uh, okay. Um, I got. I, you already saw my video. I'm gonna go ahead and play it. I'm not gonna play the whole video. I'm oh yeah. Hit key this is wild. This, but it, it is pretty she wild. Should be I have, shot. Yeah, I have no idea who this is or anything about this other than it just strolled across my timeline on YouTube and I watched it because the the um uh, title was crazy. Let's see. So this woman is uh in a car with her child, getting pulled over by the police. Oh, you know I didn't share the audio. Hold on. Um. Getting pulled over, police. I don't know any details of it, of what's going on, but I just see the video and just the uh, the way people try to get away from cops is crazy. So let's see here. Now you just had a rain. Look out! Get out! I have a favorite part of this video. Like, this is this is attempted manslaughter. Just so anybody knows, if you ever do this with a vehicle, that's a deadly vehicle, a weapon. So, manslaughter. So I'll fast forward a little bit. They get chasing her. They pin her in here. This, this is, is great. great. I like, I like this, this book. Like, and I actually have to give her credit because there are a few times in this whole video. This is the eight and a half minute video where it looks like she's pinned in and she seems to get away somehow. I know, Tony. You said you wanted to ice this guy. Just kind of pinch the window out. These, these, that's, that's the stuff that made me laugh. I think the guy had some sort of like a brass knuckle or something. Yeah, the way it's something he was tapping with right there. She's not gonna make it far. Anyway, I'll fast forward. It's a long video. You guys can look it up. But like, she she gets into a couple different situations where she's pinned in like that. It's away, but I wanted to get to the part right here where she gets actually stopped and caught. Here what I do? Listen to her explanation. We got it. I know I'm buckled, sir. I know I'm buckled, sir. Sir. I didn't do anything. I didn't do it, sir. You just tried to kill 10 people. No, I didn't do anything, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you done this? Like asking why they're pulling out of the car. I didn't do it. It's absolutely amazing. And she has a kid in the car too. Yeah, I'll stop here. Anyway. She has a kid dude. To this woman. You know, because this is attempted manslaughter, fleeing from the police, uh, child endangerment, all kinds of different laws you're breaking here. I have to tell her to ice up because you just got to be crazy to do this kind of stuff. And I will say they show different views, too. And there are plenty of opportunities where the cops from the different camera views have guns pulled on her. I know. What restraint? And, and, and honestly, we can honestly, say something about are, are the within, justice system on within their reason to pull the trigger in this situation and do not. Uh, so, I, so I commend them for holding up on that because I don't recommend they do that in any kind of situation or wouldn't want them to. But I had to kind of commend them for not pulling the trigger in the situation. Um, but to this lady, ice up, man. Uh, CK, what you got? All right. So mine uh, is a bit of a um, uh, a branch from Robbie Anderson as well. Uh, mine is going to have to do with Cody's tweet that he put out that apparently was super racist when he which called I Robbie Anderson. Which I deleted. Yeah, it's apparently super racist because he called Robbie Anderson a punk. Um, which, again, nonetheless, 
that's not the reason that I'm icing anything up. Um, but basically everybody was in the comments just talking about that's just that's messed up. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't say it to his face, all that stuff like Tony, you were talking about. Well, there was one that I decided to comment on, and his name is Chappelle. And he said, Yeah, dude, you're out of line for that comment. Don't say things like uh, like this, if you can't stand up and say it to their face in person, that's being a punk, sir. Uh, I said, um, dude's in a wheelchair, so I'm gonna let you delete that comment real quick. <laughs> stand up if you can't stand up and say this, you gotta be quiet forever. Which I'm like, kudos to him, he then doubled down. Oh, no, I did didn't. like the guy that said he would somebody, some people won't squish a grape in a grape factory or something like that. Would make me laugh. The fact, here's the thing, here's what I think is absolutely crazy is the amount of people that came running to Robbie Anderson's defense in this is hysterical. Mm. Uh, not a single one of them were coming running to Antonio Brown after he walked out going crazy on his team, right? This is, and it's not the exact situation. I'm fully aware of it, but it also is not an acceptable way of doing things in real in the real world, right? That's not how you can act in the real world and actually keep your job or not be punished. You can't do that on the football field and act like you're, you know, uh, above the people that are ahead of you, right? Uh, your coaches are your coaches. Everybody is failing on this team. I know that that's frustrating. But at the end of the day, Robbie Anderson, anybody who's defending Robbie Anderson at this point in time, I have one thing to say to you, and that is ice up, son. Ice up. So, uh, I want to sneak this. And by up. the way, I would just like to let the record show. I can bust a grape. I can at least do that. Oh no, I didn't think that's what he meant. I think he meant like you couldn't end the like you would be scared to squish a grape in a grape factory or line factory. That's anyway. probably what he meant. But uh, sure. I just got away. This one made me laugh too, guys. Uh, real quick is um, this was from at Johnny Kunza and who I, who did I find it from? Somebody who always puts up great tweets retweeted this or said something, but some sort of text messaging going on. It starts with this: "Wait, are you Jewish?" And the guy says, "Yes." Response is, but you aren't, aren't, but aren't you supposed to be circumcised? And he goes, I am circumcised, dot, 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 question mark. And she has the response from the girl is, no, you're not cut. And then his response is, I'm totally baffled as to how you could think I have foreskin. <laughs> and she goes, question, question, question mark. And then the last tweet says, oh, sorry, I Googled it. I thought circumcision is when they cut the whole thing off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tweet says we got some educating to do. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Man, so that's my ice up uh, to that. Um, You know, interestingly, is that that's why the Apostle Paul said that they didn't want to, they didn't, Christians didn't have to get circumcised because they didn't, when the first Christians were becoming Christian, uh-huh. they weren't young. So, like, if you wanted to have them do Jewish customs as being part of a Christian, you had to do it as they're a like, you know, like 38 years old and get a circumcision. Paul's I like, I don't you, think man. this is the best way to sell <laughs> Christianity. It's true. He's like, if you're Jewish, you got to get the circumcision. But if you ain't Jewish, that law does not apply to you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We had a great show tonight. Surprisingly, I thought we were on a tremendous pace. Guests got a little long, and then uh, the calls got great. 
Uh, thanks for supporting us on Pi- Prize Picks. Use the promo code C3. Thanks to Manscaped for supporting the C3 Panthers podcast. You can get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code Panthers. And you get free shipping, too. And you can help support us by subscribing. We're going to be making a transition. Next week, we'll talk about our transition uh, with our audio podcast that I think should drum up some new excitement and some new bonds to the fan-sided oh, yeah. website. So you guys can check that out. And uh, thanks for your time, guys. Cody Lashney, good hanging out with you. Yeah, man. It was, you know, there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than here hanging out with you boys. Uh, and listen, man, uh, there's a brand new mock draft out tomorrow at drafttech.com. I'm the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Writing the number one pick this year, boys. Let's go. Uh, and I write for Houston. So technically right now I'm writing number one and two. Uh, but yeah, man. So check my content out over there. Um, this Friday will be another edition of the C3 Friday free for all where you can join the show and come on the show via StreamYard by the fans. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I'm probably talking that gang of shit, dude. All right, uh, Greg, the Bat Daddy, Stat Daddy, uh, lots of cool stuff you guys are talking about on the Geeks Chasing Squirrels Through the Metaverse pod- podcast. Yeah, man, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, actually, this week's going to be really fun. If you want to come check me out Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to be covering Black Adam, full spoilers, because I'm going to go see it Thursday. So if you get a chance to see it beforehand, come check out the show. If not, wait till you uh, don't get spoiled and check out the movie. But uh, check me out at the Bat Daddy 52 otherwise. Greg, I'm at Greg. Thank you, Greg. Uh, CK? Uh, you can find me everywhere. Uh, Co Dizzle Allen is the handle, um, and uh, mainly uh, here with these guys, we've been doing it strong for about three years now as a as a total unit. Um, and so uh, the funny thing is, those are some of the maybe it's us. We're some maybe we're the bad luck, uh, Greg maybe. and I. Since this has happened, it's been unfortunate for this team. Uh, no, when I was here too. I mean, before y'all, I was it was. I right. think it's a combination of all of them. We're about to get our yeah. quarterback. We're about to have some exciting talk, dude. Hey, that's the goal, man. But nonetheless, you can find me there. And then we're going to do the C3 uh, Madden simulation every Saturday night at 930. Uh, last week's was uh, was incredible. Um, as far as the uh, engagement and the viewership on that, uh, you guys seem to really enjoy that. So, um, and uh, yeah, just keep uh, keep tuning in to some of the more, you know, some more of the C3 content because we just, you know, pound this shit out. All right. Well, let's keep pounding, and we'll see you uh, at the very least on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Let's go ahead and get out of here, Cody. C3 Panther Nation. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.